0: refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force. You believe it's this boy? He can see things before they happen.
1: He can help you.
0: The Force is unusually strong with him.
1: He
2: was meant to help you. Anakin! I <laughs> to take off!
3: Will I ever see you again? What does he hurt tell you? Are you sure about this? Trusting our fate to a boy we
1: hardly know?
0: Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. far away, Naboo was under an attack
1: And I thought me
0: and Qui-Gon Jinn Could talk the Federation into Maybe cutting them a little slack But their response, it didn't thrill us They locked the doors and tried to kill us We escaped from that gas Then met Jar Jar and Boss Nass we took a bongo from the scene And we went to feed to see the queen We all wound up on tattooing That's where we found this boy Oh my, my, this here Anakin guy Maybe Vader someday later Now he's just a small fry he left his home and kissed his mommy goodbye saying soon I'm gonna be a Jedi Soon I'm gonna be a Jedi Did you know this junkyard slave isn't even old enough to shave but he can use the force they say They got Would have liked to stay. We all fought in that epic war, and it wasn't long at all before Little Hotshot flew his plane and saved the day. And in the end, some gun guns died, some ships blew up, and some pilots fried. A lot of folks were croaking, the battle droids were broken. And the Jedi I admire most Met up with Darth Maul and now he's toast I'm still here and he's a ghost I guess I'll train this boy And I was singing My, my, this here Anakin guy Maybe Vader someday later Now he's just a small fry and soon I'm gonna be a
4: Jedi This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold And by participation from listeners like
3: you So let's tune in to another episode of IPC IPC IPC
4: IPC 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 the intergalactic peace coalition podcast
3: all the galaxies
4: all for you Hello and good evening, one and all. It's time for another awesome episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, broadcasting live on Channel1138.com and also coming to you through the power of iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, and just about everything else that you can stick a podcast on. My name is Zach and I'm very excited to be presenting this show to you tonight for a lot of different reasons. Uh, we are kind of doing a giant countdown leading up to episode nine and we thought what better way to greatly anticipate this, uh, this installment of the Skywalker saga than to go back and revisit previous installments of the Skywalker saga, the galaxy far, far away. And so we get to do that and a lot of other really awesome stuff tonight. But by we, I mean, there's other voices on this show. So let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, my good buddy, Mr. Benjamin Hart. How are you tonight, man?
3: I am doing fantastic. Too bad I hate Star Wars because uh yeah, this is going right. to be it's going to be one of those episodes. But uh It's going to be a drag, dude. You just bring everybody down. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try to pipe down because we do have an awesome guest with us tonight.
4: That we do. Tonight's episode is going to be talking about Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And if you follow this person on Twitter, you know for a fact that it is her absolute favorite Star Wars movie of all time. So why not bring in our resident expert and Phantom Menace geek? It's none other than longtime listener and supporter Miss Katie Horn.
2: Yes, it' me. I'm back. <laughs> Hi, you guys. It's been
4: far too long, Katie. Welcome yes.
2: back. And I heard, you know, as soon as you guys said, hey, we're going to watch The Phantom Menace, I was like, when? (laughs) Right now? (laughs) You want to watch it right now? (laughs)
4: <laughs> I remember that I put the I put the schedule over in the Peacekeeper Corps chat, and you were like responding within five minutes or something. You're like, "Mall."
2: <laughs> I have like I have Just I definitely have like a sixth sense when it comes to the Phantom Menace. I'm like somebody somewhere is talking about the Phantom Menace. I'd have I mean, to find you, them right now.
4: Odds odds are that's probably true. I mean, there's like what seven billion people in the world, so <laughs> odds are statistically. At least twenty thousand of them are probably talking about the Phantom Menace right this instant. Like oh that's my just God. statistical probability. Where
2: right there. where do I find those people? Can we see, all see that's out?
4: infuriating
3: <laughs> because they're all over I the just, world and you can't be uh, with them.
2: Exactly. I just wanna I just wanna meet up with all twenty thousand of them at the same time, like go get pancakes so we could all just sit around and talk oh, about the that phantom. That is
3: Menace. that is literal uh. torture. When you are walking down the street and you're in a public place and you hear someone say Star Wars and you're like, Right. What are they saying? What are they saying? I have to be in that conversation. And of course you can't, or else you might get arrested. Um But uh yeah. It's bad.
2: I just want to run up and be like, oh you said Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and like that's how I know like immediately if I can like talk to them or not, you know, if they're all like, oh like, you know? if they get excited, then I'm like, yes, we can have a conversation. <laughs> if they get like scared or confused, then I'm like, no. No, we can't interact. I have to leave now. Goodbye. Yeah, if
3: they say anything <laughs> along the lines of "I like the Phantom Menace," but and yeah, no, I'm
2: out. I'm yeah, out. Yeah. Goodbye.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a really that's a really big but. I'm just putting that out
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's gonna goodness.
4: be a fun one tonight, you guys. A very mm. very fun one. I here's the deal: we all like all three of us are in three different states right now. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And we all have the opportunity to come together and talk about this one movie. That just baffles me. It always does. I've been podcasting for over four years now. And the ability to just hop on the internet and talk with friends about whatever the heck comes to mind is always like just such a really cool blessing. And to be able to do it with you guys tonight is just something I don't want to take for granted. Because just by yeah. the, the pre-show discussion that we had and and by this uh, this icebreaker that we've given, I have a really good feeling about tonight. Just throwing that out there.
3: I have a very, very good feeling about this.
4: But before we get too deep into Phantom Menace discussion, let's talk about the inspiration for this episode in the first place. Obviously, way back in when I want to say 2015, it was before the Force Awakens came out, wasn't it? Uh yes, I, yes, I think yes. It, was, it back. was,
3: I believe. See, we're doing our own little reflections here because I believe we did a Star Wars arc covering all. Six of the then then just six films um in the lead yeah. up to the release of the force awakens and now we're right. doing it all over again over a much longer period of time in the lead up to episode nine um which is kind of crazy and it feels like forever ago that we did that
4: I know dude it's like three and a half years ago since we've just had an arc dedicated to Star Wars episodes and that's just far too long but here's the other thing now. Now that we've got episode 7 and episode 8 and solo and rogue one on top of all the other films in the franchise, if we tried to do another Star Wars arc leading up to episode 9 like this was a logistical thing that we were looking at back in 2018. If we tried to do another Star Wars arc, we would have had to have started it in like early October or something like that. Feel like, like crazy?
3: Like non-stop yeah. Star Wars for like 2 months.
4: Which is nothing wrong with that, but... Yeah,
2: to, like, you know, go back over Star Wars, you have to, like, plan a year in advance. It's so crazy.
4: I mean, to do this podcast, we have to plan it a year in advance. We Mm -hmm. had about three-fourths of our calendar already set up before 2019 kicked off. Just saying.
2: Well, there's a lot of movies this year. There's a lot of movies.
4: And that's part of the reason why we decided to spread it out. And and basically what we're going to do is every four to five weeks or so, we're going to be bringing up a new episode. So there's going to be regular discussion of Star Wars throughout the course of all of 2019, starting tonight with The Phantom Menace. So, Katie, uh, thank you for helping us kickstart this because this promises to be a really, really awesome, long-standing arc that goes on throughout the course of the year, and I'm excited to get it kicked off.
2: I'm excited, too, to talk about The Phantom so, Menace.
4: So, so episode nine... <laughs> as I was stating, is kind of our inspiration and we thought it'd be cool that every time we do an episodic discussion like this we just continue with the countdown to uh, the release of the newest installment. Uh And Ben, I believe we are under 300 now, is that correct?
3: We just passed under 300. As of this recording, as of tonight, on Friday, um, we are 293 days away. So uh, wow. we, we're, we're we're getting down into we're still in th- we're still in the triple digits, but there's a two at the front of that. So that that's that's a good thing. We're getting closer.
4: Well, and it's this year. Like it's not like we're saying 400 days away or something like that, where it's over 365 away. Like we're yeah. under 365. We're under 300. But the funny thing is, like if you're listening in October, trying to get caught up, like if you're listening on iTunes and it's been a couple of months since we've had this episode then uh, you are probably more privy to certain Star Wars information than we are. We don't even have a title yet.
2: Oh, um, my God. Like, I can't believe I know how Kingdom Hearts 3 ends, but I don't know the title of Episode 9. That just <laughs> that blows my freaking mind. It, I waited it, 13 years for Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, my God. Like, uh, what is happening? It is
3: crazy if you think about it, because, like, what was it, three, four, a month ago? Mm-hmm. that we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to get the title today. And then right? the next day, we're going to get the title today, we're going to get the title this week. I, know, and st- oh, I still no. see people on Twitter going, like, every Monday, like, clockwork. It's like, oh, we're going to get the title this week. I'm like, yeah. guys, you mm-hmm. said that last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. I Honestly, I'm convinced now that they're saving it for a celebration. It doesn't make any sense. Really?
2: The title even? I uh, I I was really hoping we'd get a title before celebration and then a trailer at celebration it seems weird to give both those things at the same time when they could dominate the news cycle with a title alone you know
3: i i I don't i don't know what their play is as far but they've already broken mm -hmm. kind of the tradition of like force awakens last gen i both got Mm -hmm. their titles on the day that filming ended and filming has ended that day is coming gone two weeks ago and you know what this means
2: it just means that J.J. J. Abrams doesn't care about us mere mortals. Like we're just we're so far beneath. He just we're just like, like to keep
3: Secrets. He's like my Precious secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I I don't know. I mean, I, I, we're hearing rumors. Uh, people keep telling me, oh, we're gonna get a trailer. We're gonna get a you know the title. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I feel like we would have gotten by now, and we just mm-hmm. haven't. So I don't know. Oh, well, you we'll- know
2: what? Maybe they're saving it for my birthday. My birthday is this month, so you know, you keep go. an eye out on March nineteenth. Title drop.
3: There <laughs> for my you birthday. go. There or go. or they could wait. Just wait until December nineteenth. Um, to know, right it? before right before what? the movie.
2: Oh my god! What? What yeah. a weird marketing thing! Can you imagine like getting a trailer, but it just says episode nine, and there's no title? Like what if? You know, like they just you hang on. Yeah.
1: What if and, we're and sitting you, in the theater? Don't.
4: See it until until the title card starts rolling, like the opening (gasps) scroll. That's the first time you see the name.
2: I could actually see that happening. They'd be all like, oh, it's like too much of a spoiler or whatever. Like Return of the Jedi, you know, you could almost see Return of the Jedi as a spoiler for, you know, like, I I don't know, Anakin or something. So maybe, yeah, I could see them holding back on whatever the title is. (gasps) Oh, I think we just put a curse on the world. If this happens now, it's because we spoke it into existence, you guys. (laughs) We did well, this. It's going
3: to happen tomorrow. This. Now that we had this great discussion about why we're not getting the title, it's going to drop before I can actually Yeah <laughs> well, it. Yeah, just watch
4: it happen on March the 2nd of 2019. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> oh, everything we just talked about is now irrelevant. Yep. Yep. Oh, no <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing that I think is really cool. We may have it by the time we discuss Revenge of the Sith. We may have it by the time we discuss A New Hope. Yeah. And so if anybody's like trying to listen to this in sequence... Like say they go uh, prequel trilogy and then uh, original trilogy. Like they hear us talking about how we don't know it yet. But let's say they do the inverse. Let's say they talk. They like, they decide they want to listen to original trilogy discussion first, mm-hmm. and then hear our prequel trilogy discussions. And it's like, oh, we don't know the title yet. But then when we're discussing like <laughs> A New Hope, we're like discussing it very casually. And it's like, wait, time, wait,
2: time is meaningless. Time. Who said time had to be linear? Like. Right.
4: <laughs> Nobody. People people assume that time <laughs> is a straight progression of cause to effect. When in <laughs> actuality, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's really more of a big ball full of time wittily, is a wobbly, construct. It doesn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. Stuff. <laughs> no Doctor Who reference. Nobody. Come on. It's only the best episode of Doctor Who ever. Uh, sorry i gotta I gotta get you back into Doctor Who Ben it's I, just, know, it's a must. I know,
3: i i i I have to myself
4: One game day. of Thrones oh. first
2: game of Thrones first
4: yes, okay, <laughs> but can you actually see Ben watching Game of Thrones, Katie? Why not? He watched Lord of the
2: Rings. If you
4: could watch Lord of the Rings, You could watch Game of Thrones. Um, have you seen some of the people that get disemboweled in uh, Game of Thrones? Okay, yeah, he wouldn't love that. <laughs> I don't know if he's got the stomach for that. And just,
2: well, okay, well, neither do I. Really, I cover my eyes during a lot of that stuff. Like oh, honestly, I, I just like I, I don't. Oh, walk. I
4: don't. When it's the viper <laughs> versus the mountain, my eyes are open nope. and open wide.
2: Nope, I've never seen the end of that fight if you know what i mean I have, ne- I have no idea i'm not making a good idea. case
4: for me
3: to am... want to watch this show right now You're no really it's not. cool
2: though it's cool and dramatic i'm just saying ben like i feel you you should watch this look. show
3: but I, but i cover my eyes to like half
4: of it but you should watch the show
2: exactly
3: <laughs>
4: it's you right now <laughs> <sighs> okay if if nothing else you need to watch it for gwendolyn christie Yes, my queen. So that that you know just how underutilized she is in this new trilogy. Oh, man. That is is one of my biggest gripes about these two movies is how underused she is and yet how maximized her abilities and her acting prowess is Mm -hmm. used Mm -hmm. in Game of Thrones. Yeah. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal actress. Yep who was stuck in a shiny metal suit because she's a tall, badass woman.
2: Oh, she really likes that though. Have you heard Gwendolyn Christie talk about it? I think she'd heard her, she,
4: she I've can, heard her praise it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, because she really liked this idea of portraying a female character who was judged by her actions instead of how she quote has been made into flesh. So you you know, you don't get any look at Phasma physically. You know, you only you only get to judge her by what she does and the words that she speaks. And Gwendolyn Christie was like fascinated by that. That, which I, like, totally agree with. I just wish they would have done more. Just do more yeah, of j- that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes,
4: like, like show mm-hmm. us how she got to where she is, how Finn is so intimidated by her and all mm. that sort of yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, if they were going to lean on, like, the Finn and Phasma, like, I don't know, dichotomy and that, like, you know, whatever that, that was... If they were going to leave, it seems like yeah. they tried
4: to, which is why he rubbed it in her face when right? she got captured at the end of The Force Awakens. It wasn't enough, in my opinion. I would have liked right. to have seen a little more. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see how he arrived at that point of rubbing mm-hmm. it in her face and, and, and Han basically having to hold him back. How did we get there? Yeah. We, we don't really see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I so, feel it. I feel you.
3: I I, okay. I honestly, we it, Phasma deserves to be in episode nine. She, yes, she for, needs oh She my needs gosh. A, a really good ending to her character. I like what they, like, she's better done in Last Jedi, and I'm, I'm not going to go on this big tangent really quick, but I, I've said this before. <laughs> but, like, she's better used in Last Jedi because she's not hyped up. She's just there, she shows up, she gets the job done, and she's, quote unquote, killed. Whereas in Force Awakens, it was all about, oh, we've got this great, like, new female villain, and she has (laughs) this great part and she didn't. She does nothing. She does nothing. I remember watching The Force Awakens for the first time and just, like, they're on Starkiller base, and I'm like, where's Phasma? We haven't seen her at all. (laughs) And then there she shows up for five minutes and gets shoved in a trash compactor. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh god, that was a waste. But... uh, I'm I'm with
4: you. She needs to be in episode 9 just so we can round out her story a little bit. There's got to be there's got to be more to that story. I, I yeah. hate to I hate to think that that is the end of her story. It, oh, just... I feel
2: like I feel like she's one of those characters that if we don't see her in episode nine, she will be vindicated in like comics and books and stuff. Kind of like Darth Maul. You know how Darth Maul well, found she's, this she's like got, she's getting life. her own novel yeah. or
3: she has her own. She novel has by one. Now. It's, okay. Arguably, yeah. it's okay. it's <laughs> okay. She's arguably better written in the novel and the comics than she is in the movies. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, she'll, but I just feel like she'll get her due one way or another. Like, rest easy about that, Zach.
4: Yeah. I, no, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't rest easy about anything, Katie. I am, <laughs> Ever? No, like, seriously, just life. I, yes. I can't take anything easy these rest, days. Rest, rest is for the week. <laughs> like... I came to this realization that that old phrase "I'll sleep when I'm dead" mm, basically mm. means the longer you put off sleep, the closer you bring yourself to dying.
2: Oh dear! Oh no! <laughs> I like
1: mean, you're that's not the wrong. kind of oh.
4: that's the kind of existential crises I've been having lately. Oh no! By the way, um, it's... if I go silent in this episode,
3: um, don't assume that I muted my mic. Just call an ambulance. Oh um, no. Because, because
2: you fell asleep I fell or asleep. because the Phantom Menace because is I too cool? Because I died of
3: sleep, a lack of sleep. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. I
2: thought oh, maybe, like, well, for oh, me, if I go I silent, thought, it's because thought, we're talking about the Phantom Menace and I passed out from, <laughs> that, from joy.
4: Like, Oh, okay, from joy. Because Ben's <laughs> implication was I passed out from boredom. Oh. And I'm like, what are we doing
3: with you on this show, <laughs> I, I hate Star Wars, you know, so, you know, I'm just going to get bored anyway.
4: Um, <laughs> you are the most anti-Star Wars person I've ever met. I don't like, believe
2: he's seen a Star Wars. To be frank with you, what's I, a Star
4: <laughs> Wars? Yeah, that's the that's the one with uh, with Captain Kirk, right? Yeah.
2: I've actually yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of Star Trek lately, and Star Trek is red traitor. Anyways. Not that we. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't mean it. Okay, I take which, it back. I take
4: it which, back. Which series though? Which series <laughs> have you been watching?
2: The new one, Discovery.
4: Oh, Disco. Okay,
2: that's really good. Disco.
4: I haven't. I haven't gotten as into disco as I got into some of the stuff from the 90s. Okay, uh, all,
1: right. all right. All right.
4: Deep Deep Space 9 and Voyager are two of my favorites, honestly. Oh, but
2: uh, the new but the new stuff has Saru. Saru, you guys.
4: Doug Jones is Saru. an amazing actor like his his work on the shape of water
2: exactly that was me. so so i walk in and my husband is watching the news is is watching you know okay so saru is on screen is all i'm saying and i like stopped and i was like that guy and my husband's like saru and i go i'm into it and he goes yeah that's the guy from shape of water and i was like oh that's why that's why i'm into it (laughs) <laughs> it's just something about the way he moves like he just he knows how to move very attractively is all I'll say like he just it works you guys because <laughs> he's a guy from Shape got of s-
4: Water he's got swag okay so then we need to have a petition to get Doug Jones into the Star Wars franchise I'm game
2: yeah oh my gosh yeah make him like some green alien like the fish guy from Shape of Water I just put him in Star Wars I love it
4: just, just a direct copy and paste. Yeah, no, exactly. No creative, no originality to it. Just, just yeah. And it's just, it yeah, comes just, over into the other.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah, just take Fishman from Shape of Water, put pants on him, probably, and <laughs> just put him in Star Wars. Pants on done. him,
4: probably? Yeah, probably. They didn't put pants on him in the Shape of Water.
2: Exactly, yeah, but, you know, that might not fly in Star Wars, so put pants on him. If you have yeah, and, to, and,
3: and put a fly on, get, on those hands. Putting it? pants on aliens.
4: I'm
2: so, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry.
3: Jeez,
4: man. I'm so
2: sorry. I'm so sorry.
4: Hey, even even Jar Jar Binks wore pants. Okay, so <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of a given. There's our tie-in. Okay, okay. even aliens like Jar Jar Binks had even to wear pants. Even Darth
2: Maul wore pants. Unfortunately,
4: <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> that's why I went the Jar Jar route. I was not going that direction. <laughs> but you said it anyway. Guess what? <laughs> he <laughs>
3: don't wear pants after Phantom Menace.
2: It, very true. Yes, accurate. Th- wait, they put pants back on him in Solo. They were like, oh, someone put pants on this man.
4: <laughs> I thought it was just a really long cloak that kind of draped over everything. <laughs> yeah. No, he has
2: pants, and they, like, stop at the knee. I'm sorry, I'm very invested in his so pants. I'm
4: sorry. <laughs> are they Are they, Are they? they pants, then, or are they long shorts? Uh,
2: I, I'm not sure I'm qualified to... <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to because you know.
4: if they're if they're below if they're below the knee but not to the ankle, they're capris, right?
2: Okay, then their capris is Sith capris. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the dark side capris. It's like you know, like Luke is like looking, he's like talking to Master Yoda. What are those? Oh, speak. We speak not of the Sith capris. <laughs> it's not the Jedi way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, how do we want to start this Phantom Menace talk? Let's get away from pants. How do we? I end? don't
4: know. <laughs> I'm lost.
2: <laughs> Someone consult the show notes. Okay,
3: well, th- this is a good little segue. <laughs> this is a good little segue here. So, <laughs> I'm going to try to rein this in and Thank say you, <laughs> that uh, the Phantom Menace mm-hmm. is going to be celebrating its 20th anniversary soon. Yes! Believe it or not. And, oh, my God, I'm so and, old. Just a month before, of course, this is coming up in May, the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Just a month earlier, this little thing called Star Wars Celebration Chicago is going to be taking place. And there is going to be a panel there for The Phantom Menace. And it's going to be taking place Monday, April 15th. We don't have a time yet. But it's going to be taking place in the Trust Arena, which can apparently hold a lot of people. So, uh, I think everyone that wants to go is going to be able to go to this thing. And, uh, yeah i'm gonna be there katie you gonna be there yeah yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be there like,
2: like just try maybe <laughs> i can just imagine them like trying to keep me out and i'm just like screaming just like no let me in
4: okay so get this Wind trust <laughs> arena is a sporting event center in chicago mm-hmm. that has a capacity of over ten thousand seats
2: wow wow That's oh impressive. my gosh I can't. Oh my god! There's going to be nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine other people that want to talk about the Phantom Menace. I can't imagine being in a room with so, with so many. Nobody people. asked
4: you to connect to my Fire TV stick, Alexa. Shut up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's really excited about the Phantom Menace. Like, just let her have fun, I, okay? I
4: think my TV did a complete system reboot <laughs> while we were on the air, and it was like letting me know that the reboot was complete. Thank you for nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean concerned. to cut you off, but it was it was it was really weird because I was looking at somebody's username that had the name Alexa in it and my my device thought that I was talking to it and I was like, "No, stop being a wiretap and creeping me out." <laughs> But, but yeah, according according to Wikipedia, Trust has a, a capacity of like ten thousand three hundred and something, like thirty eight or something like that. It's a really crazy high number. That's, <sighs> that's gonna is,
2: be so much fun. I am really excited. Great. Now good.
4: that's for sporting events. If you were to have like a concert or maybe like a panel, you could probably get seats on the floor, which would add a couple hundred more. So you are probably looking just under eleven thousand, probably in the ten five to ten seven region, probably.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's e- either way. And even if they do, like, cut off, like, part of the convention, sometimes they'll they'll seal off, like, one end for, like, a, an event like that, or, like a panel. I don't know how exactly it'll be. Like, Anaheim, I remember, celebration, like, that was, like, a basketball court, but, like, it was only, like, half of it. Um, so I'm not sure how they're going to set this up. But, like, still, a lot of seats. And hopefully yeah. hopefully a lot of the panels will be, like, you won't have to wait in line all night to get mm-hmm. in, you just have to wait all night to get a good seat. Oh, if you want to show if you want to oh, show up no. in the morning to get in to get, you know, not in the nosebleeds, I think you might have to stay all night, which is fine, which is fun, which is great, but uh yeah, bring that, a pair of binoculars. That was one problem in Orlando was that it was a giant line, people waited all night and still didn't get in. Mm-mm,
1: and then the people mm-mm. that got in, like
3: that, people that got in got terrible seats, myself included. I was like in the, we were like in the back wall like every time. Um, It was fine. I could see that speck up there was John Williams. That was great, but like, it, it was it's a bit tiring. Uh,
2: do you know what else is happening that day at at Celebration Chicago? I
3: don't know. Please elaborate.
2: I get to do a panel about Darth Maul.
3: Oh my Hi! gosh. <laughs>
2: yeah my fan panel for um, I I, I pitched it as a uh, a celebration of 20 years of Darth Maul Uh, it got approved and I'm scheduled for the same day as the Phantom Manus panel the the 20th anniversary panel that
3: is amazing (laughs)
2: It's gonna be so good. I hope they're not at the same time. That would suck.
3: Oh no, that would
4: be bad. That would really suck. Well, what if they're like back to back and they're on opposite ends of the convention?
2: That's fine. I'll run. The panel can't start without me. Like, <laughs> I just want to know. Like, like I okay. So if somebody like goes from the Phantom Menace panel to my panel, you know, for like running at the same time, I'm just like, wow, you're you're really dedicated. You know, those are those people have, have the strongest hearts. They have, they have hearts of Kyber. Do you have a Do you have a time for your panel? Uh, it's tentatively scheduled for one o'clock.
3: One o'clock, okay. Because we're also so we're also yeah. those of us at the Star Wars Underworld are planning a podcast also on that day. So apparently Ooh. everything's happening that day. Yeah, um,
2: the last but, day. They're okay. saving all the best stuff for the last day. But, and <laughs> well,
3: I, I'll I'll mention it to them that we we don't we needed to have our podcast in the middle of Katie's panel just in just just ah! just in case uh yeah. we don't need need that bleed over. <laughs> But anyway, that's 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 all the Star Wars news. Really, truly, that's that's really. Especially, you know, there's really nothing to talk about. With episode nine. There's no title. We don't know anything else. Most of the stuff will be at Celebration, um, and by the time of your panel, we'll know a heck of a lot about
4: Episode nine. But for right mm-hmm. now,
3: we know uh, nothing.
4: But as soon as something is revealed, StarWarsUnderworld.com is the number one place to be able to keep up to date with all that stuff. So. Be sure to stay tuned into that for all the breaking news, rumors, casting announcements, releases, and so much more. Mm -hmm. Okay, 20 years, you said. This year marks 20 years since The Phantom Menace.
2: I don't feel old. Not at all.
4: But this begs the question, and I think this is a really good icebreaker to kick off the uh, the episode discussion. We're finally there only a half hour later. Uh, <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a really great piece to, to kind of generate some some nostalgia and talking about some of the, some of the really awesome aspects of this movie. What were you guys' first memory? of the Phantom Menace. Can you harken back that far and remember like what your first memories and first impressions were of this movie? Like the first time you ever saw it?
2: Yeah, I sure can. Uh, I was 11 that year or I turned 11 that year, but you guys, I don't know. How how old were you?
4: Um, (laughs) five,
2: five. So you, so I guess you guys don't really remember, huh? Oh, well, so in, wait, in,
4: how... in theaters no in but theaters no yeah the, the, so but the vhs and all the the memorabilia and merchandising and stuff yes i do remember yeah. that. i was
3: oh, okay. i was seven i
4: did
1: oh. not
3: see it in the theater though oh, I saw it on bummer. vhs afterwards um yeah yeah, yeah but so i do your first remember.
2: real experience with was it like it was in the home then yeah yeah watching it at home Yeah, no, for me, it was definitely I remember going to the theater to see it. um, But what I I strongly remember was all the stuff around it, you know, all of the marketing and the merchandise leading up to it. And then all of the hype that still surrounded it like after the movie came out, like it just seemed like Star Wars was going to be forever. (laughs) Like this is a hype train that's never going to end. And um, something I remember really, really strongly was uh, was that poster with um, with uh, Anakin, and he has Darth Vader's shadow. You guys you guys remember that poster, right? You've at least oh, seen yeah. it. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember being, like, that poster was so powerful to me, like, being a kid and seeing it in theaters, and, like, I would, like, stand there and look at it, and I, I don't know, it felt very powerful, though the way that you know anakin was so small and he was just dwarfed by vader's shadow and i remember like feeling so sad for him that he was like destined to become this you know this monster of course like i had seen all three um original films so i know that things end out up for end up okay for him eventually but just be all like wow i want to see how he starts you know i want to see how he gets from that little boy to that shadow and, uh, and I was so, like, I was so affected by that poster. I remember, like, being in the car and, like, asking my mother if we could, like, go to the movie theater just to look at it. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I want to see that poster again. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she, like, she, she didn't get it. <laughs> oh, that's
3: amazing. That yeah. is amazing. Um, my first memory... i uh, See, that's what I kind of remember first off from *The Phantom Menace. Really, my first Star Wars memory ever. Even though I, I... I don't remember the timeline of events because I saw the original trilogy first, or at least I saw A New Hope first. That was my first ever. It was on TV at home. That's when my first ever Star Wars experience. But my first ever real Star Wars memory is the fact... It is the promotion around The Phantom Menace. Specifically... Mm-hmm. That one Pepsi commercial. You may I don't know if you've <laughs> seen this or not, but it's apparently Pepsi created their own alien that wasn't actually in the movie, but it was to promote yeah. the Phantom Menace. And it was Jake Lloyd, Jar Jar, and R two in the front row of the theater, and the alien I think comes bouncing down the aisle or something like that. And Phantom Menace is on in the theater, and I don't remember what happens, but like that was my first like Star Wars memory and the first special memory of Phantom Menace is that thing. I'm just seeing it on TV. And of course, all the rest of the stuff that came with Phantom Menace.
2: You're telling me that your first memory of the Phantom Menace is Marfalump? Is that his name? (laughs) That's his name! Oh my god. Hmm. I I was there, Gandalf. A thousand thousand years ago. I was was there. yeah, he's this like four armed alien dude that just liked to drink Pepsi, and he's like, he's not even in the movie. He's just like, he's, he was just the, got the got marketing. A, he's got a Wikipedia article. <laughs> yeah, he just <laughs> did you look him up? Yeah. He what? Yeah. Marflump. Wait.
3: Okay. okay. Um, Wait. Uh, <laughs> Marflump was a digital character created by Industrial Light and Magic and uh, Commercial Productions in collaboration with the BBDO New York. It was featured in Pepsi commercials promoting Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh my oh, man. God, God, it's hideous.
4: <laughs>
2: where's, where's like, where's my Marfalump like animatronic at Galaxy's Edge? I just want him to be like there, you know, selling Poor Pepsi. <laughs>
4: Apparently, he's it's not. It's like size. Snoodles had sex with a cockroach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys so much. I love, I love that Ben. You're like, I remember this thing, and I'm like, yeah, Marfalump, and then it just blows you. <laughs>
3: So I am. I'm looking it's at like, Google now. Marf, my God! Yeah, thing. Like, he's always been there.
2: He's always been there. Close your eyes, feel it. The Marfalump. It's always been there.
3: Now I'm gonna start campaigning. I want the Marfalump. Uh, uh, you need TV a teacher. Series.
2: I could show you the ways of the Marfalump.
3: Put him in episode nine, JJ. <laughs> yes. Do it, you time, coward. Time to, time to start the hashtag. Make Has, Marfa Lump canon. Hashtag
2: I'm, justice for Marfa Lump.
3: <laughs> I'm telling you.
2: Ben, do you remember the commercials with um, uh, the Pepsi? No, not Pepsi. Sorry. The Pizza Hut delivery lady, the Colonel from KFC, and the Taco Bell Chihuahua? How are, they you, like, are you
3: reading my mind? I'm yeah, literally on th- Google. <laughs> I'm literally on Google about to say, I'm looking at this. Image of this commercial with the Pizza Hut lady and the yeah. Taco Bell Chihuahua, and that brings back old on the memories because I remember yeah. the Taco Bell Chihuahua in like the Godzilla commercials because the nineties yep. Godzilla. The nineties
2: yeah. loved that dang Taco Bell dog, <laughs> and and. Uh... So that was there was this like really big like crossover commercials, and it wasn't just one commercial there was like a whole series of like you know the Pizza Hut lady and the dog and the colonel like all going on like the Star Wars like adventure together it was it was a very special time, and I could see it so clearly in my head, just like you know the the marketing conglomerate that was the Phantom Menace it was like it was everywhere you could not get away from it like at yeah. all,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's really like I think I think. I think the Force Awakens was really like the first time mm-hmm. anything like that had been seen since mm-hmm. with like the amount of marketing that was done uh, for that movie because and people were hyped
2: why didn't they bring back Marfalump to to promote the the Force Awakens? Can't you just you see Marfilump like giving Kylo Ren like four high fives with his, his forearm?
4: Seeing seeing that image now makes me feel like Marfa Lump would have been an amazing cameo at Maz Kanata's castle.
3: Yes, he would have. Wow, that would have been so cool. You know <laughs> what? All things considered, all things considered, and and honestly. He's not that far off from like most of the aliens you see in the background of Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. No, he's really not. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, there. Look in Moscato's castle. There's freaking flies. Like, life's like giant flies sitting there, like playing chess or whatever. Like, there is no boundaries when it comes to like what is what is and isn't like Star Wars aliens.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So yeah,
3: bring back Marvel, lump.
4: Mar- yep. Make hashtag. Marvel un- canon. <laughs> yep. <sighs> I mean, I've already started the trend. You guys just need to keep it going. It's on Twitter right now. Oh, I we're, love it. I uh, love we're it. Do it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> Katie, Katie liked my tweet. So justice for yeah, Marfalum. It's a, get, get it's a thing.
3: <laughs> by the way, by the way, in case you can't spell that, <laughs> let me let me spell it really quick. It's it's M A R P H A L
4: U M P. Wait,
2: it's F. I thought it was F.
4: I don't actually know. Hang on. That was, that was the results that I got on Google. It's, I, I tried to spell it a different way, and it's like, did you mean Marfalump?
3: <laughs> I tried to spell it with an F, and it didn't. Okay. It's I an think F. There's... Yeah, on Wikipedia. Okay, the Wikipedia says F.
4: I yeah. Apologies there.
3: Um, Google tried save, to. Save.
2: Yeah. Just imagine like Superman, or like, save Marfalump.
3: That sounds like a Wookiee name. Like, lumpy <laughs> like is short for, <laughs> short for Marfalump.
2: Batman, i like. I don't even know that
1: name. <laughs> <laughs> Why <What laughs> do you say that name?
2: <laughs> <If I know>. <laughs> <Marvel>. <laughs> we have to save Marfa I'm gonna put that on Twitter. Like, I'm gonna. Wait, later, not now. Oh, there's later. I'm so many make-
3: good tweets in here, guys. So many. <laughs> oh, there's
2: so many.
4: <laughs> Oh <laughs> man, well how did we end up here? Jeez I'm having way too that's, much fun. I don't even that's care.
2: The magic of the Phantom Menace. It's the
1: magic. Okay. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> Zach, like, uh, answer your
3: uh, own dang question. What was your f- first memory of the Phantom Menace?
4: Oh man. Uh my first memory I was probably seven, mm. maybe eight. My first Star Wars memory in general was when Empire Strikes Back was on TV and we recorded it on a VHS. That's, like, my first Star Wars memory. And (laughs) um, at the time, I really had no idea what the heck a Death Star was or what it could do. I just knew that it was, like, a famous name in Star Wars. Mm. So this is, like, this is my first... Phantom Menace memory was I was trying to make sense of the whole Star Wars universe <laughs> and I may have told this story back in 2015 I don't know, I don't really care um, my first memory was was I, I vividly recall the big fight scene on Naboo and, yeah. when, and when Kenobi cuts Maul in half, he, he falls in two separate pieces down that giant shaft and for some reason Maul's death, keyword there death, you know it's not it's not it's not death anymore. But at the time in in the mid nineteen nineties, I thought it was his death. Um, it was probably early two thousands by then. Yeah, two thousand four, two thousand, yeah, about oh three oh four, I guess. Anyways, his death to me symbolized a tie in to the Death Star. And I had no idea that the um, that shaft was in a, a planet called Naboo, and I had no idea that the Death Star really hadn't even been talked about yet. But I thought I had, like, blown this conspiracy theory wide <laughs> open. I was like, Maul's death, death star whoa. holy crap he just died in the death star whoa one of All my right. conspiracy theories from
3: back in the day was the fact and and still to say i don't know why i thought this was that there was episodes four five and six and then they're gonna, they're gonna do episode one and that was gonna be it there was gonna be no more star wars movies Hmm. i don't know why i thought that that's a pretty depressing thought and then and then i found out oh there's episodes two and three i'm like where are these other Star Wars movies I haven't seen? Like where are they? <laughs> um and then I found out no no, they haven't been made yet.
4: <sighs> oh man. So then let's uh let's fast forward twenty years. Oh boy.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
4: Opinions on the Phantom Menace now that we have uh grown and uh I would say matured, but I don't know <laughs> if that's actually quite true. <laughs> We've aged, and uh, gracefully, I would hope. um, Phantom Menace keeps me young, honestly. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's got a lot of that childhood nostalgia attached to it, and it's almost like you're reliving your childhood every time you watch it. Mm
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: That's that's why our friend Chris over at the SWU talks about mall packaging being nostalgic for him. He's like, oh, mall same. packaging is nostalgic. And, and for really, me. Quick, really quick, really <laughs> quick, mall packaging is coming back, guys. Celebration, yes!
3: celebration! Yes! Exclusive figures, Obi Wan and Maul in original 1999 nostalgic mall packaging. My God, I want them both. That oh, looks so cool, doesn't it? The only thing that's missing is the Comtech chips. <laughs> I know those things. I had so many contact chips. <laughs> I still have them somewhere. I'm not digging them uh, up.
2: I wish I did. I don't. But I, yeah, between my sister and I, we had tons. We put them on like necklaces. You know, we like, we wore them like, like dog tags.
4: <laughs> <coughs> Nerd. Yep. Yep.
2: <laughs> I remember, oh my gosh, it was the, the contact chips. The first time I ever like played with one in a store and I was like, I have to have this, you know? like it was that was like my first I don't know I felt like like you guys we live in the future that was like the first time like my mind had ever been like blown by a piece of technology where I was all like wait a second this toy knows lines from the movie how did the lines from the movie get into this chip how did that happen I live in the future you guys futures now
3: I mean kids these days <laughs> just don't understand how no, great that don't. was they don't yeah, they right. can never fathom <laughs>
2: have, like they, you know cuz they have like smartphones and stuff like just me just seeing a t- comtech chip was like mind like yeah. mind blowing kids
3: these days like i got the entire movie on my <laughs> ipad right here like exactly. it's not impressive
4: <laughs> <sighs> man when kids tell me stuff like that i just want to like sit on them and call them fart faces <laughs>
2: Uh, oh, but Zach, answer to answer your question: How do I feel about the Phantom Menace twenty years on? I I feel like I I feel exactly the same because as soon as I turn the movie on, I just get so excited and so happy. I don't I don't know if that's nostalgia. Maybe maybe I like it more now than I did then, but it feels the same. You know, I just I I feel that that glee, that energy. I don't know.
3: It's so good. Yeah, for me, it was. Like I I remember watching it for the first time but I don't remember my reaction to it. I don't remember Mm -hmm. actually I remember sitting down and I remember renting it on VHS, going home, you know, putting it in, watching it, and I don't remember anything after that. All I know is I remember like under like for some reason I thought, Oh, it's the bad Star Wars movie.
1: Okay. That was
3: that was my take. It was the least my least favorite movie, even though I'd probably only seen it once for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um so I just avoided it for a while.
1: Huh. All right. Like all right. even if
3: it came down to like buying all the movies, I was like, "Oh, wait on Phantom Menace. I don't need to see that one again." And then and then I eventually bought it and watched it I'm like, "Oh, this is pretty good. This isn't yeah. is bad at all." <laughs> and like it it comes down to like my relationship with Phantom Menace. I just every time I watch it, I'm like people hate this thing? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. And it's just like, people go on, whether you're talking about Phantom Menace or The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens or Rogue One or whatever, like, all of them are like, well, it's it's okay, but it's not perfect or whatever. I'm like, that's, that's my relationship with all of them. Like, I have problems with all of them. I love all of them in different ways. Like, Phantom Menace is no different than that. Um, yeah, it's got issues. It's got problems. That doesn't make it any greater and yeah i have a lot of nostalgia so that blinds me to a lot of stuff but at the same time um it's just a fun ride and it really phantom menace just kind of get deeper into it like it it, it embodies more the kind of that classic star wars adventure than i think all the mm, prequels mm-hmm. to me
2: yeah it feels like a saturday morning cartoon tbh you know like yeah just kind of, yeah, the pacing of the adventure and how, you know, we go around and we look at all these weird alien things and you know, we we spend a little time here and then we go over and spend a little time on this planet and there's, you know, the pod race like, it's very much paced like a Saturday morning cartoon, I think. It's very um, childlike in that way. That's what I love
3: about it. Yeah, it is. It's it's exactly that. It is this, just this nice, it's this adventure. People, I don't know if people appreciated at the time like how close to the tone of A New Hope it is. Mm-hmm. like how much he's just kind of this fun wrap of characters being thrown together and we're on an adventure and stuff's happening and stuff like that. And it was just so alien because it was all new, all new characters, new yeah. planets, whatever. It was bold in that sense. But looking back on it now that is star Wars. Like I know a lot of people still look through the glasses of the original trilogy. That is star Wars, nothing else. It's not that case anymore. We've had Phantom Menace for 20 years. It's just as much Star Wars as everything else, if not more so, especially to people our age. Exactly, yeah.
2: Oh, can I talk just real quick? That first time I saw it in theaters was like, Was the best thing. I so strongly remember how excited I was to watch that movie and how like just blown away I was by this film. Um, The pod race like actually made me jump out out, out of my seat. I was so excited. Like I'm 10 years old. I know how to handle myself. You know what I mean? Like 10 year olds know how to behave. And yet I was up out of my chair, like just so excited about, about this pod race. And I remember... Like, um, oh, yeah, uh, it was C-3PO. I thought C-3PO looked so cool. It, like, it blew my mind that we got to see inside a C-3PO, and I couldn't figure out how they were doing that. Like, how are they making him move? And the only the only conclusion I could come to was that he was real, was that they had actually built a C-3PO robot that, that could do that. <laughs> and then I remember, like, so distinctly, when, like, Anakin turns him on for the first time, and I'm like, oh, my God, Anakin built C-3PO this is the best day of my life. <laughs> I like, I remember having that thought, just being like, this is I I love this. This is <laughs> ten-year-old me. I'm like, this is it. It's not gonna get any better than the than this moment. Oh, Cause and, <laughs> Darth Vader built C3PO.
3: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think you had the opposite direction to a lot of a lot of adults in that same theater. Oh my god. They're like they're like like Darth Vader built C three PO and you're like, Darth Vader built C three PO yes,
2: Exactly. This is the best day of my
4: life. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's like a comic out there that shows him finding 3PO's head in the garbage dump on Besbin. And oh, it's like the no. first time it's like the first time he's seen him yes. since like <gasps> revenge of the sith or something like that oh
3: that's so sad there there's that and thing he's, he's, there's that thing it's, he just, it's like, yeah
4: he he like sits there and holds his head in his in his black gloved hands almost like lamenting his past memories with that droid or something yeah. And then, a la Kylo Ren, Let the Past Die, he just kind of drops it back into the bin and gives it to the Ugnaughts to do with it as they please. Yeah,
3: that's the, I don't remember the name of the comic, but that's a great comic where yeah. it's set during Empire Strikes Back. It's like a deleted scene where the Imperials find the remnants of 3PO and bring it to Vader. Like, hey, we found this. Like, what do you want us to do with it? And he grabs it, 3PO, and has this big flashback to finding 3PO to start with, as a kid and building him, and Vader's like, "Uh, go throw it away, go, go, yeah. m- you know, melt it, and whatever." And then we'll keep- <sighs> and then Chewbacca finds it, but yeah, that's yeah. A- oh man, that's that's feels that's feels
4: training <gasps> right there.
2: Ah, <sighs> my heart, you guys, my heart.
4: Yeah that's the thing that, that this that this movie does so well is it, it's very very subtle, and and a lot of people are probably more upset at the subtleties than they are happy with it, but. I, you know what? Screw them. <laughs> like honestly, I, I I I'm tired of of complaints about this movie. And and if you'll you'll reference the 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 little tweet that I sent you guys in the in the private message thread on Twitter. Apparently, I watched this movie exactly one month ago today. Hmm. Um, and I thought it was a lot sooner than that. I thought it was like closer to two weeks ago. Um, apparently, time flies a lot faster and farther than I thought it would. But uh, I rewatched The Phantom Menace with my brother apparently a month ago. And I'd been watching a lot of other sci fi from that era. Mm-hmm. And stacked up against those other pieces of sci fi, looking at the likes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Voyager, Stargate SG-1, Farscape, Babylon 5. The animation and CGI in this movie is absolutely spectacular.
3: It it really has. It's aged well. It really has. It I think really I, has. I think I think a lot of the CGI. I think Jar Jar. Not always, but most of the time, looks pretty darn good. I think the battle droids still blow my mind
4: that they're completely CGI. Oh, dude, dude, when they when they come out for the for the battle sequence and they're all like standing up at the same time and you've got like the loud clump of like them unfurling and reaching over behind their backs and pulling out their blasters. Like I still like drop my jaw a little bit at it, thinking, Holy crap and then what's his name? Tarples? He turns the Jar Jar and he's like, Ouch time. Could not have put it better myself. <laughs> it's so great.
2: <laughs> this whole movie delights me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Katie, I don't know how you're gonna make it through the quotathon later because like every time <laughs> a quote laughing. happens every time a quote is mentioned <laughs> from this movie. You just you just bust out in delight, which I love.
2: It doesn't like... help that Ben is sending me gifts of of, of Boss Nass shaking his jowls. I just...
4: <laughs> okay. Making it better. I wasn't going to reveal this until later, but there are times when I can actually do a really decent Boss Nass jowl flapping impression.
3: Oh my god.
4: So, I kind of have to get into character, so um give me give me a second
3: <clears throat> method method acting
4: i yes yes i have to like <laughs> i have to like draw from his charisma <laughs> i don't know i was character not say everyone, chari- not everyone say can he's... pull it off <laughs> no they really can't they, they really can't it's not something that comes naturally you know um <clears throat> so do i need do i need boss nas from the throne room or do i need boss nas from the swamps of naboo Swamps. <laughs> okay, okay. Ha! <laughs> 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 you are not thinking. You are greater than the Gungans. guns. <laughs> a like this.
0: Maybe we are being. <laughs> i love it that's so good hooray bravo bravo
2: that's when i like stand up and i start throwing roses at the stage like i'm crying like (laughs) oh where's zach's oscar where is it
3: (laughs) oh my god that was that was honestly that was spot on that no lie no lie i'm not even being sarcastic here that was amazing (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh. Man, now I don't know how I'm going to get through the quotathon later. I already did it. <laughs> Love it.
3: <laughs> yes, you just won. Um... Okay,
4: so that that's that's uh that brings up the next question that we've got in our thread for for the discussion tonight. Before we before we go on to the to the next thread though, I want to give a shout out to our very uh lively and engage engaging chat that we've got going on on channel 1138. Mm-hmm. Uh usually people are listening posts, but we've got a lot of live listeners tonight. And um George and Kenny are making up a, a majority of the of the chat, and let me see, uh, Kenny told us that his first Phantom Menace memory was seeing the teaser trailer, Every Saga Has a Beginning, nice. and that was, that was an epic teaser, by the way, that Learned was past, absolutely really. amazing, a great, great tie-in. Um, George Rivera says that he thinks it's still a good film, and that the Qui-Gon-Obi-Wan Maul lightsaber duel is a classic, I promise you we will get to that. That is going to be one of our discussions tonight. Um, the musical score was something else that Kenny touched on. That's probably also something that we're going to have to talk about. Uh, by John Williams, nothing gets better than Duel of the Fates. And uh, George asks, now this is something that I did not realize until about a year or two ago, so I may have been one of the last people. But did you guys catch the snippet of Vader's breathing at the very end of the end credits in this movie? No.
3: I've heard that was there. I've never actually listened for it. Me neither. I actually,
4: I actually one time decided I was going to, like, talk about the movie with somebody that was sitting next to me, and the credits just kept rolling. And we get to the very, very end, like, the very bottom of the credits. And, like, at the very, very end, it transitions out of that and does, like, a very slow pace, uh, Imperial March, I think. It's like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Wow. And it's underneath a, a sequence of Vader's deep breaths. Oh, no. Wow. That's heartbreaking.
2: You know, I love it. If
4: that's not ominous, I don't know what is. Like, that's so it's good. Just, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, just one of the many just amazing elements of, of this movie. But going back to characters real quick, uh, Ben, you posted this question in the show notes. I think it's an excellent question. If you could have one character from the Phantom Menace show up in the untitled Star Wars episode 9, who would it be and why?
3: You don't think about it, but there's a lot of options here.
1: Mhm.
3: There's quite a few. There I mean and you and you're not like just talking about living people, but also I mean four scouts are also a pro, are, are also a, a a factor here. Um so, Katie, do you have a do you have an answer yet?
2: <laughs> I have
3: three. I have three. <laughs> okay, three's allowed. It, we'll, we'll allow it.
2: <laughs> okay, I would either have like unironically, I would have Darth Maul show up because I just think that would be rad. Like I, I gotta. <laughs> um. Uh. Two. Um. More seriously, I think uh, Qui Gon Jinn, his disembodied voice to kind of help guide Rey, I think would also be really cool. Uh. And three. This is my most sincere answer. This is the one I want, like, above anything else. I want to see Jar Jar Binks. Let's go back to Naboo. Let's see some freaking Jar Jar. Let's see him. I, uh, you guys.
3: I'm you on guys. board with that.
2: I really am. I. Oh, my gosh. Like, well, from what we saw of him in Aftermath, how he's, like, I don't know, like a street clown <laughs> performing for the delight of children, you know? Which, it, it, you know, and, the, and then the. None of the adults really know how to talk to Jar Jar. You know, he's become kind of like an outcast because, uh, you know, of what happened with the Senate and the Empire, you know, and and Jar Jar was kind of You know, they can put a lot of blame on Jar Jar TBH. But, you know, of course, the children don't know that. All they know is that Jar Jar is funny and he makes them laugh. I would love to see him in episode nine. You know, maybe they can think of something else to do with him besides make him like a clown. Or maybe we just go to Naboo and he's there and he like, you know, uh, offers some sort of guidance or something. I don't know. I just I want to see some Jar Jar. Like, just just do it. That would make my heart so happy.
3: I, you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. I love Jar
1: Jar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: gonna start crying over Jar Jar. I love him.
0: I those uh, like since, the first since, since you
4: since you've come up with three, I guess we all have to come up with three now, dang <laughs> I'm it. sorry,
2: Thanks. I broke the rules. No, you don't have to. <laughs> uh,
4: so, okay. Um I think by now Cyo Bibble has passed away, but uh. I would I would think somebody from the Queen's Court.
1: Ooh. should be
4: a part of the new republic. Yeah. So maybe Captain Panaka would be a would be a solid choice. He'd be, uh, he'd be much older now. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> no. No, he's alive. Shut up.
3: Whatever you say, I'm not gonna argue with him.
4: He's very <laughs> he's very alive, and he's going to show up in episode nine, damn it. Shut up. Okay. Alright. Yep. Alright. Yeah. go ahead. Mm. No, I'm not gonna I'll buy happen. it. Uh That's why he was on my lower level of choices, because I always considered him a dark horse anyways. Uh, if I, if I had to actually pick somebody, this is, this is kind of, this is kind of a cop-out, but I want to see the battle droids.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I,
4: I, I feel like the Resistance is in a place where they need to recruit soldiers. Ooh, and we don't really find out what happens to a lot of the shut-down droid foundries.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That'd be cool. Who's,
4: who's to say that one of them couldn't have been reactivated and used for a battle against the First Order? Yeah.
3: You, 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 got, you got Mr. Bones. Are you familiar with Mr. Bones? Mm-hmm. Like, he's a, he's, he's a battle droid that got left over and yeah ended up fighting with the Rebellion. He was a badass.
2: Yeah. He's the one kind of painted like Darth Maul, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, he is kind of. Yeah. Also, also, I won't reveal anything. I will just say that I saw some rumors recently from a, from a reliable source, and I feel like you might be happy. that be like, cool. But it may not be how you think. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So, is I'm it excited. my is it my turn now?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I only I only came up with two. I don't have three. <laughs> okay,
3: I, I don't know if I don't know I know pretty much everyone has said this one, but I'm going to say it too. Force goes to Anakin. I feel like Wait.
1: Wait.
2: He's not from the Phantom Menace. That's that doesn't count. That would have been the top of my list. That's like, you know, like that's Hayden Christensen, not not Jake Lloyd.
3: No, it's the same
2: character, though. It's the elder. Okay,
3: okay, okay. <laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll do you one better.
2: Okay, okay.
3: Padme Amidala.
2: Yes. Ah, oh, there we go. Yep.
3: Now, okay. Now we're just thinking,
2: she's dead. She's dead.
3: Don't care. She can, she can come back. R2 still has all his memory banks. Bring her back as a hologram.
2: Oh yeah, do that. Do it. Do That'd it like great. Leia
3: in Last Jedi, only with yeah. Padme. Oh, how great! Aww, would that ben. Be? That was, I love that. How great! That's my yeah. one. That's what I'm leaving it. I, I'm gonna break the rules. I'm gonna break the rule that was broken and leave it alone.
2: <laughs> You're breaking rules. it to fix it again.
4: <laughs> rules are only meant to be broken, my friend.
2: <laughs> I really like that idea. That's great. I want to steal Ben's answer.
4: Now. And also,
3: also. Why, why, why can't Snoke come back? No, nope. Beca- because because, oh, because he wasn't gosh. in Phantom Menace. <laughs> because no, 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 Kister was Snoke. <laughs> Kister is the real <gasps> Snoke. So oh no, and that makes that makes him
2: uh, oh no. Character. You're <sighs> probably right, though. You're probably right.
4: Like, I know. Okay, I'm, so you're not wrong. While while we're while we're talking conspiracy theories, um, how how have either of you seen like the deleted scenes from this movie? I'm assuming you have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yep. Wasn't there a deleted scene that showed a fight between Anakin and one of his friends? Yeah, between yes.
2: a little like uh, Greedo looking
4: dude. Yeah, little Rodian. It acts,
2: Yeah, Rodian, that's it, yep.
4: From if I recall correctly, he actually calls him Greedo. Does he? Yep. Well, okay.
3: So Greedo is in a deleted scene in The Phantom Menace, and he's also in the Clone Wars. He shows up in Clone Wars, if you remember. Um, yeah, he does. And he's an adult, which would kind of line up, but there's been just some discrepancies about that, and and also it's been retcon in certain places that it was actually Greedo the Elder, Greedo's father. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. So
3: who okay. knows? Who knows? It's a deleted scene, so technically not canon, but at the same time, yeah. that was the intention at the time that Greedo was there. He was hanging around. He was calling. Anakin you said you cheated whatever and Anakin's like I'm gonna beat the crap out of you and kind of getting a little bit of that darkness in there from Anakin which you don't see in Phantom Menace
2: I love that scene because, like, you know, the kid thinks that Anakin cheated and Anakin says he didn't. So Anakin starts, you know, <laughs> kicking the crap out of him. And then Qui-Gon Jin's like, stop fighting. And then he asks the other kid, do you still think he cheated? And the kid says yes. So, you know, Anakin, like, beating the crap out of him didn't change his mind, you yeah, know? Yeah, that was – I don't know if it's it, in the like, movie. Yeah.
3: I don't know if it's in the movie, but it's in the novelization, I just, mm-hmm. which I just got through listening to via audiobook. Yeah. The day, and Qui-Gon lays it out for Anakin. He's like, so – like you beating him up wasn't going to change his mind mm-hmm. like that was it changed nothing it you know it, mm-hmm. it, you accomplished nothing by pounding your fist into his green face um yeah. so a great little lesson one of the many 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 yeah. great Qui-Gon moments
2: yeah exactly I love Qui-Gon <laughs> I love them all <laughs> this whole movie <laughs>
4: So here's here's while we're while we're talking about Qui Gon, because mm-hmm. he's he's one of my favorite characters too, just because Liam Neeson. Come on,
1: yeah. You
4: know? So there there was this discussion that's been going around about if a actor was to like take all of the characters that he has played over the years and form like a super team to defend planet Earth. <laughs> what would that list look like. And the top 2 examples that they've been using on the internet have been Christopher Lee and Liam Neeson.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah.
3: And I feel like I know I know Christopher Lee, his his reputation precedes him as far as like he was a real life like badass himself. Um I feel like I feel like Liam Neeson could kick your ass too if given the chance.
4: Dude, okay. Yeah, just, like just just Ra's for Al-Ghul. example, Richard <laughs> Gul from yeah. from the Christian Bale Batman. He was Aslan from the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was uh, Zeus from the Clash of the Titans mm-hmm. series, and he was the dad from Taken. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> yep. And he and he was Qui Gon Jinn. So I mean, he's got force powers. He is God <laughs> in two different worlds. <laughs> He trained Batman. He's like an immortal ninja. Like, <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. Why would you mess with Liam Neeson? You just don't do that. I love it. Uh, I, I love some of the some of the other stories that entail uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and, and his reputation that was being built up until then. I know that a lot of it is Legends canon now, which is why I'm glad for Master and Apprentice. Yes. But, you know his his character is one that always, kind of reminded me of of a, of a bit of a rogue, if you will. Oh yeah, like like even in the movie, Obi Wan mentions if you would just follow the code, you'd be on the council. So there's there's something going on there where he's a code breaker. He doesn't follow everything exactly the Jedi way, and yet this is the interesting thing. And yet. He was the one that was dispatched by Chancellor Valorum. Yeah. The Jedi have an an extensive amount of of negotiators and people that could serve as ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And yet Valorum dispatched those two Jedi. Why would he send a rule breaker to handle this trade dispute? Why would he send him directly into... A situation like that unless he knew it was going to require unorthodox problem solving
2: yeah i don't know there, there, i feel like there are no coincidences in star wars
3: there there's so much subtext in this movie in all three prequel films but especially mm-hmm. phantom menace especially mm-hmm. in regards to qui-gon and what's going on with him and the fact that he is this this he feels like this quintessential Jedi, this guy that is in tune with the Force. He's talking about the living Force and thinking about the now, not in you know, not you know, thinking about the future at the expense of the moment and you know, you know,
4: feel. Don't, dude. Think I wrote should. a whole fanfic on that one time.
3: Nice. Yeah, it it's he is so great, and the fact that he himself, who seems like the perfect Jedi, is at odds with the Council, who is at mm-hmm. odds with the establishment, is just a a very low-key but very kind of almost in-your-face too. like, way of telling you the Republic and the Jedi Order are on a down, well, downward path. Like, this is the mm-hmm. beginning of the end of this society. We're getting the last little glimpse of this peaceful renaissance in the galaxy, and it's bad from here on out. And because Qui-Gon dies, that's, that's it. You know, like, you think things would have been so much different with Qui-Gon had he survived? But uh, oh, yeah. you know that uh, that that guy Darth Maul had to kill him.
2: <laughs> Darn that Darth Maul! He's no good. No one likes him.
4: <laughs> no. So that's another that's another plot question that I had for you guys because I, I saw this on Facebook yesterday, I believe, and it really made me stop and think. Um, ben, the SWU is going through a, a quote session that's directly in the middle of. Episode two, Attack of the Clones, right now, I believe. Yes, am I correct? We
3: are um, just past um, uh, uh, Palpatine getting his emergency powers, as of yeah. So,
4: so, so recently, one of the one of the quotes that was shared was the interrogation between Obi Wan and Count Dooku. Uh huh. And during that sequence, he's like, "It's a pity that our paths have never crossed before." Qui Gon always spoke very highly of you. And then he also mentions that Qui-Gon knew all about the corruption in the Senate. Yep. So then somebody came up with this what-if scenario. And I want to get you guys' thoughts on it before we go too much further into discussing this actual movie. What do you think things would have been like if, say, Qui-Gon Jinn succeeded and he found out about the corruption in the Senate and he became who Count Dooku turned out to be.
3: See, I look at it the opposite direction. I feel like I feel like Qui-Gon would not have gone dark. He would not yeah, have gone same. that path. And I feel like he may have even kept Dooku from going to that path. Yeah, um, same. I feel like Qui-Gon is the, the foundation. He is that rock-solid thing that's in all their lives. And, you know, he was going to train Anakin. And, like... I love Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan was in an uphill battle from the very beginning, you know, having this kid thrust upon him. And, you know, just the whole, the whole thing with Qui-Gon. And, you, and you, you can't help it. I know there's been new... There's literally, just within the past month or so, there's been new comics about Count Dooku, getting into his backstory, and the mm-hmm. fact that he actually left the Order prior to the Phantom Menace, which is why you don't see him. Um, but his whole downfall... And I don't know. I think you know, Qui Gon is this. You know, he's just too good for everything. He's too good, and he he might have left the Jedi Order himself. But I don't think he would have gone dark.
2: Yeah, I think I think he would have given Anakin that permission to uh, to follow his heart, for want of a better word. You know, if he would have been like. You know, Anakin wouldn't have been afraid to come to Qui-Gon Jinn with his feelings and his problems. And, you know, every time Anakin was conflicted, he hesitated to tell Obi-Wan about it. I don't think he would have had that hesitation with Qui-Gon Jinn and Qui-Gon would have been able to to be like, well, here are your options. Either you you can be a Jedi, which means not being with Padme, or you can go be with Padme. You can't have both. You know, he would have helped him navigate those waters instead of like Anakin living in secret. You know, and because, and, you know, that's the whole point is that, you know, when, when when we when we live in secret, when we keep these things like in the shadows, you know, that that creates this like conflict, you know, it, it if Anakin had lived authentically, you know, if Qui-Gon had given him that permission to live authentically, it would have saved a lot of trouble.
3: Yeah, and I think, you know what, one failing that the Jedi and Bloodbill brought this up long all for many years now is like. Mm-hmm well, after the Phantom Menace, why, why didn't the Jedi Order go back and get Shmi? You know, mm. why didn't they free her? Yeah, and I Qui- think, God, I think, God, I think yeah. Qui-Gon would have done it. And mm-hmm. that's, that would have eliminated a huge point in Anakin's fall.
2: Oh, that too. It when the moment Anakin would have been all like, "I've been having dreams about my mother where she's in pain and dying." Qui Gon would have been all like, "That's important. That's the Force telling you something, son. Let's go check that out." Instead of Obi Wan all like, mm, "Dreams pass in time. You'll get over it. It's fine." <laughs> you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Qui Gon totally... was. Yeah. Yeah, he would I mean, Obi Wan in all in all his goodness mm-hmm. is is a representation of the, the 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 rules of the Jedi order. Mm-hmm. Like Yoda and and I think even more so Mace Windu kind of represents the what is wrong with the Jedi order, why they're failing. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is like the core of that, but ultimately he's wrong because he's just constantly going back to the Jedi code and and the Jedi code is meant to be
4: broken sometimes. Mhm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm just selfish because I want more Qui-Gon.
2: Yeah, same. We all do. And,
4: <laughs> and if, if they had found a way to convolute his story into such a way that he finally reached a breaking point and he was like, nope, this is it. This is the last straw. I'm done with this. And he just kind of turned completely anti-establishment, like just that was the thing that pushed him over the edge. And then we get him being the one that's trying to convince Obi-Wan to, to join him with the separatists instead of Christopher Lee. Don't get me wrong. I love Christopher Lee. I love Count Dooku. But if if that had been the storyline where instead of saying, you know, Qui-Gon would have said this, Qui-Gon might have told you this. What if Qui-Gon had actually gone through with it? And then he was the one trying to make the appeal. Mm. And he was the one that had to fight his, uh, his former apprentice at the end of that movie. Like, oh, I feel like no. there would have been a lot more emotion going on in oh. there because you're like, Holy crap, last movie 10 years ago you were fighting these dudes and now you're igniting a red lightsaber like what the hell, man?
3: You know what? That's that's my second answer for which which <laughs> which character from Phantom Menace should show up in episode 9? Force Ghost Qui-Gon.
4: Yeah, that'll be my third. That'll be my third cuz he he had like a voice appearance in Attack of the Clones and then he showed up in the Clone Wars. Like, obviously, Liam Neeson is still interested in finding ways to bring renditions of this character to light. Let's have him show up in this trilogy. Yeah. Like, let, let's let have him be part of that thing that brings everything full circle. He's I, would, the one, I would love
3: that. He's the one that finds a way into the netherworld of the Force. That one that, that he's the linchpin in, like, you know, we know Luke's going to be a Force ghost in Episode Nine. That's all because of Qui-Gon and mm-hmm. him through the force, finding a way to live forever, basically. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Qui-Gon Jinn. I love him. We could do a whole podcast just on Qui-Gon. On Qui-Gon We pretty
4: much have been, like, let's be (laughs) honest. It's all been leading up to the most important character that also has probably the fewest lines of any character in this entire movie. But he doesn't really need a whole lot of them. And for this tangent, I'm going to uh, step off my soapbox and pass it over to Miss Horn because she is a lot more eloquent about this character than either of us could ever hope to be. (laughs) Katie, my friend, the floor is yours.
2: Darth is the best! (laughs) Is that all? Is that all? (laughs) you're all like she's so eloquent yeah he's the best
3: <laughs> <laughs> why is he the best
2: he's just the best because <laughs> he's the best no i like oh my gosh like let's go back to 1999 and just talk about how cool it was that oh uh, you know to see this like really cool looking you know this guy with his face full of tattoos and these horns sprouting up on his head and he was everywhere Everywhere It was either Darth Maul or Jar Jar Binks was, like, on everything. On all your chips and all your soda and all the commercials. Like, oh my gosh, I could not get away from his face. And I didn't want to. I just wanted to, like, keep staring at it. And then the movie actually happens and he's got a motorcycle. And he, <laughs> he hardly... You know, he's he's very soft-spoken. He's all dark and mysterious. Like, of course I was hooked. Like, how can you not be? You just want to know more about Darth Maul. And that, you know, that hasn't changed over 20 years. Every, every time Darth Maul shows up in something, you know, people just go nuts. We saw it with Solo. Darth Maul showed up for 30 seconds and then people lost their minds just because, you know, he commands attention as soon as he he walks into a room. You You want to know more. You want to... You want to see where this is going. He's just very powerful in that way. And yeah, Darth Maul, you guys. Darth Maul.
3: Darth <laughs> freaking Maul. Uh,
2: what a cool we guy. Just... Double lightsabers.
4: <laughs> that was something that I sought after for a long, long time. Because um, I got a lot of those plastic collector's items. Mm-hmm lightsabers from toys r us and such when i was younger but part of the problem was they didn't know their handles from their blade colors oh no i don't know why but sometimes anakin's handle would have a red blade huh. and obi-wan's handle would have a purple blade huh. yeah. and it was just it was just this very weird thing that the colors and the handles like the hilts just never matched up properly and weird. i think it was just because of mass production and they hasbro just wanted to get stuff out Mm -hmm. But there there were some very rare times where I'd go to different toy stores and I would actually find the right saber and the right hilt. And those were always, like, some of the happiest memories of my life because I was like, I actually found one! (laughs) And I had some that I used for, like, sparring and combat and stuff like that. The ones that I found that actually had saber to hilt properly... Those went up on like a display. Oh, I dang. never used those suckers. Nice. And I've still got them. I've still got a Qui-Gon Gin hilt with a green blade. And I've like, got I've got a Qui-Gon with a blue
3: around. blade and that thing is tore up.
1: Same <laughs>
4: same. I love Qui Gon's hilt. It's one of my favorites. But going going to what you were talking about, Katie, the double bladed, that was like a, a a cream of the crop for me. Oh wow, yeah. I, I had a devilish time trying to find anything that was a, a, a usable Darth Maul double bladed lightsaber <laughs> cuz sometimes you would only have one blade that was functional or you would have both the blades but they didn't collapse all the way in like some of those 20 dollar ones they would only have like the the first pipe and then the other two would kind of like sit inside of them mm. and i couldn't use those properly but then i finally found one that actually collapsed into the hilt and you should have heard my squeals of joy when I actually <laughs> found it. It was like 23, 25 bucks or something like that. But at that point I didn't care because I had a Darth Maul double-bladed lightsaber that I could actually use for sparring. And it was funny nice. because I was working for a, uh, a local baseball team this past summer and they had Star Wars Day at the park. And their colors are red. It's like red and black. So I brought all of my red-bladed lightsabers out to the park for people to wear and wave around and stuff, like staff members and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And then I actually used my Darth Maul double-bladed lightsaber to spar with the team mascot during one of the inning breaks. Oh, I love it.
2: I have to and ask... We... Oh, sorry.
4: And we played Duel of the Fates underneath oh, Of
2: course. It. Of course. <laughs> I have to ask if the, um, you know, so the, the reveal of Darth Maul's double bladed lightsaber, Mm. you know, it's, it's played as a very cool moment in the film, you know, like, like you weren't supposed to, to realize that his lightsaber had two blades until, you know, until he reveals that it does, um, uh, you know, when he's like fighting Qui-Gon Jinn in the desert, he only ignites half of it. Of course, like, I, I already knew, the first time I saw that movie, I already knew that it was a double-bladed lightsaber because of all the all the previews and the
3: commercials and right. stuff.
2: Was that something you guys knew about, like, beforehand, or do you not remember?
3: I, I don't remember having any reaction to that, which is <sighs> unfortunate, because I, I, I feel like, I don't know, I don't know how much it was in the marketing, I don't even, mm-hmm. like, thinking back to the trailers, but, like... Yeah, if you didn't know, that had to be... Because, like, it's so commonplace now. Like, double-blade lightsabers have right. been around. Like, everybody's got a double-blade lightsaber, especially after Phantom minutes. But, like, before then, like it's got another blade. It comes at the other end. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly what it was
2: like. I remember seeing it in the commercials and then, you know, the toys and the, you know, the marketing and stuff and just being like, that's the coolest thing. They put a lightsaber on another lightsaber. It was like, remember when like Kylo Ren did his big reveal and how there was a big frenzy after that. It was pretty much the same thing, except I was 10. So all of the frenzy was positive, (laughs) you know,
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I love I love how it was first trilogy one saber, second trilogy double bladed, and then yeah. the third trilogy <laughs> is three blades. And obviously, the fourth trilogy, you're gonna have to have a four bladed lightsaber.
4: At some point, love it, love it. I say I say you get like a an Inquisitor style saber <laughs> that that rotates, and there's just four <sighs> blades that are spinning.
2: Yes, the fidget spinners. Oh, I love them. <laughs> Do it. <laughs>
4: Okay, now that you call it that, don't do that. Oh,
2: sorry. it's what they are, but okay.
4: No. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're so much more sophisticated than that because they're like <laughs> choppers and you can hover with your fast-moving lightsabers. Sure, okay.
2: From... Sure, why not?
4: I was like, because physics. That's why.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, oh, for me, I don't know if I recall uh, my first impression of it. I do remember, though the idea of, of dvds was a rather novel concept around that time
2: oh yeah and mm-hmm. a,
4: a friend of mine had the phantom menace on dvd opposed as opposed to my version on vhs and he was like yeah dude they've got this thing called scene selection and i was <laughs> like what's that oh right yeah yep and and i was and he was like yeah you can basically just pick any point in the movie that you want to watch from And you can just watch it from there. So if you want to, you could just watch the final battle and skip the whole rest of the movie. What? Yeah. And I just sat there looking at him, crazy-eyed like, wait, we can get past all the boring stuff and watch the good stuff?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. I remember that, too. Scene selection blew my freaking mind when I was a little kid. And like oh and the idea that you could pause a DVD, the way okay, so you could pause a VHS, but it wasn't like good for the VHS to be paused too long. You couldn't just pause it and then walk away for hours, you know, you could actually mess up your, your VHS cassette like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. True. Um but the fact that you could pause a DVD and leave it and it doesn't hurt it and it like come you could come back like hours later. That blew my mind. <laughs> So great! Uh, yeah, no, I did the same thing with *The Phantom Menace* for a while, where I would—I uh, had my VHS copy. Like, um, I would only rewind to like the the you know to *Duel of the Fates* to like the beginning of *Duel of the Fates*, and then the next time I watched it, I would just have to pop it back in, and then it would be you know right there on *Duel of the Fates*.
4: <laughs> That's pretty much what we did. Was the the main menu was the Senate Rotunda, mm-hmm. and he just skipped all the way ahead. To the final fight sequence, and we watched just the duel of the fates. Oh, so and good. I think, and I think that was like the time when I was most impressed by the the double bladed lightsaber because we basically cut right to it. Oh there yeah. Was no, yep. There was no waiting around. It's just like bam, bam. And here's the thing that gets me: mm-hmm. is Qui Gon and Obi Wan seemed completely unfazed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like like Maul ignites a second lightsaber on the end of his regular lightsaber, and it's they're just both sticking out there, and they both just ignite their lightsabers. Like yeah, okay, you're bad, we're good, we're gonna fight. Let's do this
2: thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to like, be fair, he has tried to kill Qui Gon Jinn before, like out of nowhere. Yes.
4: <laughs> yes, that is true. But at the time, it was a single blade on a single blade. Mm-hmm. There, there was not a moment of hesitation. Between those two Jedi, just sitting there looking at this dude with face tattoos and a, a demon like glare and yes. two lightsabers coming out of his body.
3: Like And you also there, there was, You also have to remember, like, this is the first time like Kidi D says the Sith have been extinct for a millennia. Like true. there's no true. living Jedi that have ever even seen a Sith. Mm-hmm. They've been living for generations in a galaxy where Sith are a thing of the past. that They were, they are dead, they're gone, they're never coming back. And not only is this a surprise, but like, and, you know, with the sad, you know, first for Qui-Gon, is he's the first Jedi, I think, to die at the hands of a Sith in thousands of years. Like, and mm-hmm. this is the beginning of, like, basically the beginning of the Jedi Purge, really. I think
4: yeah. that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily approve of it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm you. just. I hear. Uh,
2: you. I love. I love how just utterly outclassed, Qui Gon and, and Obi Wan are against Darth Maul. He's just this, this incredible like murder machine. Who's like, yeah, there's two of you. Don't care. I got a double bladed lightsaber. It's just and then he separates them and he's like, and now I get to pick you off. You guys ain't
3: nothing. Yeah, that's the, that's the brilliance yep. of that, is that it mm-hmm. shows the Jedi in their prime, but also shows the mm-hmm. Sith in their prime. Like, yeah. Darth Maul has been training his entire life for that yep. moment, for yep. that specific moment, to start killing some Jedi, and he's trained for this. Whereas the Jedi, like, unless they're fighting themselves, they've never fought anybody else with a lightsaber. Like, yeah. this is a new thing for them. And, you know, Maul's... His his strategy works. He divide and conquer. He he's able to get them mm-hmm. separated, and as soon as he does, he's able to kill Qui Gon, and he almost kills Ma- Obi Wan too.
2: Yeah, he like oh, it's not even fair. I think I think some I think people kind of forget that when you know Maul and, and Obi Wan face off after Qui Gon's died. You know, Maul defeats Obi Wan handily. You know, just pushes him right down into that pit. It's like it's not even a contest.
4: Um, I would disagree, madam. Uh, eh,
2: see, because then you have to remember, like, um, and then in, in the Clone Wars, right? Darth Maul comes back, and he and Obi Wan, you know, are more evenly matched. Are you suggesting that that Obi Wan didn't grow at all in those ten years? I think I think I'm, it took Obi Wan those ten years to get up to Maul's level for them to like truly you know be equals in the Clone Wars.
4: I am suggesting that any time these two face off, the mm-hmm. one who has the upper hand is the one that is fueled by rage.
2: Okay, all right. And
4: in, in the
3: yeah, mm-hmm. well, I was just gonna say I think I think it's pretty clear that Obi Wan is using some dark side energy there. Oh, when one thousand he, percent. Exactly. Thinking, and you know what? There's a there's a funny thing, and I don't remember who said it. It may have been I don't know where I heard this from. It may have been on Twitter. It could have been even you, Katie, who said this. I can't remember because I read a lot mm-hmm. of stuff and I listen to a lot of things. <laughs> but I love the idea that it was Obi Wan. Like, and you think about Obi Wan as a character. Like, he seems to not make a whole lot of mistakes. Like, he seems like this very mm-hmm. grounded character that kind of knows who everything's going on. He's kind of this you know grounded Jedi character. But he makes a mistake here. By giving Mm -hmm. into the darkness, he makes a mistake. And ultimately what happens is, him giving into the darkness and trying to defeat Maul, ultimately that's, it comes back to bite him in the butt because it doesn't kill Maul. It doesn't Mm -hmm. kill him. If he had maybe not and been able to kill him fairly, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have suffered all he suffered when Maul eventually comes back and kills the person he loves and does all these horrible things that's because Obi-Wan didn't do it and then we see in Rebels he comes back and there's no anger there's no nothing he's just he just ends it and kills Maul in the most clean yeah. clean way he can the quickest way he, he kills- can
2: He kills Maul because Maul attacks him. You know what I mean? That's what a Jedi does. Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense. And it's not until Rebels that Obi-Wan is able to face Maul. And, you know, as a Jedi should, you know, he defends himself and he defends Luke Skywalker. He's not, you're right, in The Phantom Menace, he attacks Maul out of hatred and, you know, for vengeance for his fallen master. And that's what allows Maul to endure. That's why that cut can't kill him because hate can't kill hate. You know, that's what allows hate to endure. And no, you're absolutely right. That's a theory I've had for a while. You know, it's it's like, it's not just Maul's hatred that lets him crawl back up out of that pit. It was Obi-Wan's hatred
3: as well. Yeah. And, you know, and also, and I
4: forgot completely what I was going to say. So somebody else say something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, that's why I feel like Obi-Wan did have the upper hand for a while, because when he came through that force field, he was in a fit of rage. Mm hmm. And Maul actually felt like, this is going to sound really weird, but he felt more like the the more even-keeled one for a while there. Mm-hmm. He, he was maintaining his balance, and Obi-Wan was jumping over him in one sequence. And then he's using a, a kick, I believe, at one point to cut the saber in half. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, he's gone from a two-on-one matchup the way... That um, Qui Gon did, and he even the playing field to one saber on one saber in a matter of like thirty seconds or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for a while there, Obi Wan really was fueled by his anger and his and his passion and his rage. He was not even keeled at all. Oh yeah. And and I think it was that which gave him a bit of an advantage for a while there, until Maul used an unorthodox move. Traditionally, in those types of sparring matches, it's using the Force to anticipate your saber movements. But when you've got a cross-check like they did, all of a sudden, you are taking a breather, but rather than take a breather, Maul Force pushed him. Right. And that particular move is probably not something that Obi-Wan's very used to during his sparring matches at the temple. Every, and okay, everything, okay. everything, everything that he's been trained for up to that point was an orthodox fighting style, and he was using that orthodox fighting style with rage and passion. If they had been fighting the way Obi Wan had learned to fight, I think he might have come out on top. But because Maul uses unorthodox style, like the beating Qui Gon across the face, like he did to to knock him off of one of the one of the bridges earlier in the fight and then hitting him with the hilt of the blade before going into that spin move that stabbed him in the stomach. Maul's got a lot of unorthodox moves that are included in his fighting style that he uses to give him an upper hand. And I think that was one of the moves that he used in that part of the fight as well, was use, utilizing a force push in a moment when you're not really expecting one to come your way. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and, and, and it's funny, it's almost like Maul's, Maul's force push saved obi-wan because if obi-wan mm. had struck him down in that moment he could have gone to the
4: dark side he Man, very well might have yeah,
1: yeah. he
4: might have it if he had succeeded and and killed maul in anger then he's no better than maul
2: i mean he does when he cuts maul in half he's killing him in anger and then that's how maul endures well, i think i so. think
3: i think yeah. my interpretation of it is that Obi-Wan has a moment to breathe and understand mm. what he needs to do and not necessarily doing it out of anger, but out of like, okay, I'm not like, you know, I'm not in this fury anymore. I have to, there's, I I can't, I can do nothing but literally hang here and think about what I'm going to
4: do. And it doesn't have mm. to, I, I have
3: to do something that's not out of anger.
4: Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not discrediting your theory about about his anger helping Maul endure Katie. Mm-hmm. I, I I do believe that that's a part of it. Um, I think that uh, that that moment when he does slice him in half, though, was also partially a you or me type of moment. Mm. Like okay. if it's not if if it's if it's if it's if it's not going to be me, then it has to be you. And granted, striking first is definitely not the jedi way but it also makes for a pretty badass choreography piece
3: <laughs> and you know and then also i mean him killing qui-gon illustrates that you know he he would have had no trouble killing obi-wan either and and yeah no. right obi-wan right. like there was probably no way maul was going to be taken prisoner unless he just like cut off all his arms and legs like
2: he did it with jeez. oh jeez um, oh, <laughs> like there
3: was no way and like if you think about it what would have happened if obi-wan had died there like maul goes back oh, man he maul takes t- padme Queen. prisoner yep. makes her sign yep. the treaty everything goes wrong like obi-wan is the linchpin in making sure that everyone is safe
2: uh, oh man oh i want i want that au like that fanfic where where obi-wan dies and, <laughs> and then we see more alternate what happens. universe
3: stories i am all yep. for that
2: exactly oh i love it all so much oh my gosh <laughs>
3: Yeah, no ball one... looks down. It's over, Obi Wan. I have the high <laughs> ground. And then Obi Wan's like, You underestimate my powers he jumps up and yeah, you know, Maul cuts off all his arm and his legs and he falls down and burns alive. Okay.
2: Alright. <laughs> the end.
3: There you go. I just wrote your comic for you. You're welcome.
4: I could I could write so many pieces but i would never be able to illustrate them <laughs> never in a million years I, I do not have that kind of artistic prowess i have a way with words i do not have a way with pictures i'm sorry not even photography like i can't even do photography i suck at photography and it makes me mad cuz i'm like i'm i'm just i'm just here and i'm trying to capture the moment why is there a flare <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's just so frustrating I'm just trying to take a picture. I want to savor this moment, not this flicker of light in the corner.
2: <laughs> you should have. Oh, yeah. It, it only works if you're in, like, you know, Star Trek. That's how the, you know, with the, the the lens flare, yeah. The Kelvin
4: timeline. Yeah, that's the only place that's acceptable. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. That means that means Paramount needs to hire me for the next Star Trek movie. <laughs> then, oh, then man. that, then that camera work would be acceptable. Yes. I love it. Let's talk about the Phantom Menace for a few more minutes before we get into our quotathon Yes. Uh talk talk about favorites. I mean, it's pretty obvious who Katie's favorite character is. It I don't Maul. think that it's needs to be questioned. It's,
2: just so everybody knows, just so we're clear, it's is Darth it, Maul.
4: Is it Padme? It's Darth Maul. Is it is it is it Jar Jar? It's Darth Maul.
3: I'm pretty sure did, did, I'm pretty sure Katie's favorite character is Battle Droid number three. It's, the one it's that Darth says, Maul! The one that says Roger 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 and, that
2: is a good one to bh yeah if there has to be a runner up it could be roger roger
4: check it out corporal we'll cover you roger roger <laughs> and then like here's that, this is the thing that, that ticks me off mm-hmm. two lightsabers open up in a puff of smoke and your first thought is uh-oh <laughs> and then your second thought is blast them Like, like excuse me do you really uh, see any way where you're gonna come out of this alive? <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh my gosh, so there's so many things there are so many things about this movie that I enjoy. and getting getting to go on this little trip here just makes me want to go back and watch the movie again. Hopefully yeah. it's done the same for you guys listening to this episode tonight. Uh, ben, who's your favorite character?
3: <sighs> man, it, it, that's a hard question because I think there's a lot of great characters, both ones that we've seen before. Because, you know, you are, that's what's, that's what I think took, it it took so long for people to, you know, realize how great this movie was. Is -hmm. the fact that it was so, pardon the pun, alien
1: Mm. to
3: Star Wars. You compare, compare Phantom Menace to the original trilogy. It's, it's so easy to see now, to see when we literally have a whole nother uh, you know, sequel trilogy, all these spin off movies, the Clone Wars, everything else. Like, Phantom Menace fits right in. But, like, you look back and you're like, A New Hope, Phantom Menace. These look like two different universes completely. They're totally different. And that was by design. And I think it's great that you have these very few characters. And I love, I love Obi Wan. He's my favorite character. My favorite all time Star Wars character. Um, At least right now. Um, uh, I, I want to say him, but i got to go back to Qui-Gon, man. I, I know I'm stealing other people's answers, um, <laughs> but he is so, so great. And I'll, I'll let you I, – I won't say any further. I'll let you go off because I've rambled enough about Qui-Gon.
4: Uh, I mean, I could just ramble about him just indefinitely like we were doing earlier. I, I see him as the hippie Han Solo of the Jedi Order. He's got really, really long hair, and he defies the rules and kind of makes his own rules as he goes along, but his heart is always in the sense of doing what's right. And he's the kind of guy that I would want for a mentor. You know, everything that that he's teaching Obi-Wan in this movie, everything that he's taught him previously, everything that he taught him in my fanfic about the Living Force, like, I I could write an entire Qui-Gon Jin novel if I wanted to. Yes. If if somebody actually <laughs> if somebody actually paid me to stop my life and write a Qui-Gon Jin novel, I would pour my heart and soul into that thing. Because I just relate to him in so many different ways. And it's why I'm so bummed he only lasts this one movie. Because he's got so much potential. And I know that he has to die in order for Obi Wan to become his new master, but if there had been some other way for, for Obi-Wan to, to take him on as an apprentice and for Qui-Gon to be, like, Obi-Wan's mentor. You know, he finally gets a seat on the council and he's whispering in Obi-Wan's ear, even though Obi-Wan feels lost. You know, um, I think our friend Dave gramillion did something similar to that in his rewritten um, prequel trilogy. Right. Where Qui-Gon survives and he's, mm. like, he's, like, he's like serving as a, as a mentor to Obi-Wan while Obi-Wan serves as a mentor to Anakin. Like... If we could have had more Qui-Gon, I think people might have enjoyed the prequels a little bit more because he might have been one of the favorite elements from The Phantom Menace that didn't make it out of this movie. And don't get me wrong, the the entire fight sequence at the end, the pod race, uh, the sequence with... Um, any any sequence with Watto, th- there, are, there are a lot of really great elements to this movie. But I feel like the strongest point... and and one of the ones that just carries this movie throughout from beginning to end is the influence of Qui-Gon Jinn. And so losing him was really tough. And uh, he's, he's probably one of the main reasons why I continue to go back and rewatch this movie, not just for the comedy, not just for the other characters, not just for the duel of the fates or Darth Maul, but he's just a really well-written, well-rounded out character. And I, I love him a lot. Yeah,
3: and yeah, really quick, mm-hmm. I will say before we, there are other characters in this movie besides Qui Gon. I, I I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know that, um, mm-hmm. but Padme. Uh, yeah, but Can like, me. for Qui Gon. Kieran Knightley. Yeah, yeah. Sabe. <laughs> but for Qui Gon's sake, like the guy, he almost functions as a main character in this movie. Like mm. he has, well, I think, yeah, the absolutely. most dialogue. He has the most scenes. He's not really supposed to be the main character. I think we're uh, arguably supposed to be focused on Anakin, Padmé, more, but like he just is this this beacon of hope and he, it is it's a great it's a great inclusion. And it could have just been Obi-Wan. That's what it was in the original scripts was it was just Obi-Wan showing up at the beginning and then he goes and finds Anakin and does all this kinda stuff. The inclusion of Qui-Gon sets the movie on a completely different path to where mm. you're it's so unexpected. And you're getting this character that you didn't know, like, coming in this from the original trilogy, like, who is this Qui-Gon guy? Where is he going? What's going to happen to him? And then you're, it's at the end when you realize, oh, crap, like, I fell in love with this guy, and now, you know, he mm-hmm. had to die. We knew he had to die because he, so he's hard. not in the movies. He's not in the older movies. And, man, I mean, even – but he could have survived in Attack of the Clones, and that would have been great like I think oh, if, if he'd had some I know it couldn't Dude. work you had to establish Dude. you know the Anakin Obi-Wan
4: relationship but like it would have been so great to see a little bit more of him imagine if he had been one of the leaders of the rescue mission on Geonosis I'm Ooh. You. and imagine if, if he had uh, made it all the way to episode 3 and he's there during Operation Nightfall the fact that we, the fact that we never got, like, that
3: there's the backstory of Count Dooku training Qui-Gon, and we never got a scene between Christopher Lee and Liam Neeson is a crime.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. Those two would have had amazing chemistry on screen. I, I do regret that. Oh, well. hmm it is what it is. Isn't wait it wait
3: for the Qui-Gon movie we're going to eventually get.
4: <laughs> Ooh, I would love that. Stop <laughs> it. Don't don't tease me like that, dude. No. Um, I think we would be a bit remiss if we did uh, end up finishing this discussion without a brief talk about John Williams' film score.
2: Oh, oh yeah.
3: Oh,
4: jeez. I think that's one element that needs to be included in every Star Wars episodic discussion is the film score. Obviously, Duel of the Fates takes a lot of credit, but there's some other really great work in this as well. Let, let's talk about it as as a whole. What I, – I don't even know where to start. Like, I mean, Katie, you heard it when you were in theaters, but was it something that even stood out to you other than Duel of the Fates? Or did it take a few more watches or a few more years before – you know, Williams's work finally set in.
2: No, I, I remember like singing and, and listening to this music all the time. It, it was very powerful, you know, from, from that first viewing, it was very, very powerful. The, um, uh, you know, the, the music that comes in when, when the pod race starts up and when they're marching with the flags, Um, I remember all the trumpets and fanfare that like reverberated in my chest. And then it gets to like the big Gungan parade, you know, and they're blowing the the horns and they're banging on those drums and it's like, Oh man, (laughs) that was like, that was, you know, the drum beat of my, of my heart when I was a kid. I mean, it might still be honestly, (laughs) So yeah, I mean obviously Duel of the Fates was the big standout but uh but no this whole soundtrack absolutely grabbed me. I, I hadn't heard anything like that, you know, not even in Star Wars before. It was uh it was life changing. <laughs>
4: I think everything about this movie was life changing for you, wasn't it? Oh
2: yeah, one thousand percent. Yes, that was when I—that <laughs> was the year I learned that like wigs were a thing. Because I remember like looking at a picture of Padme and being like, <laughs> and like actually asking my mom and being all like, "I want hair. How do I do this?" And she went, "That's not her real hair." And I was like, "What?
1: <laughs> what
2: like that?" I—I I couldn't handle it. The idea that that fake wasn't her hair. Real ha- fake what? hair. What?
4: (laughs) Um, That's amazing. uh, This
2: whole movie, yeah, it changed my life.
4: (laughs) Oh, man. Fun fact I Mm -hmm. went to Mm -hmm. a convention here in the Dallas area that had a uh, cosplay contest as a part of it. Cool. And there were people that dressed up as, like, Master Chief from Halo. And um, there was one little girl who dressed up as a Twi'lek and oh, wow. uh there were some doctor who cosplays and such but easily and i'm pretty sure she won but easily the best cosplay that i saw at the whole convention was this extremely elaborate throne room queen amidala getup.
2: <gasps> cool oh, wow.
4: and i to this day regret not getting a picture with her because it was easily the best cosplay that i've ever seen since yeah. And I've seen quite a few.
3: Yeah. Padme Amidala is a gift to the cosplay community. Yes. <laughs> like, how many she really costumes? Is. Like really changing, Like, she's changing clothes every five seconds. Like, every scene, mm-hmm. she got a new costume. I, I love it. Like, it just... And that's just another, like, thing that this movie establishes. And, of course, the other prequels kind of carry on with it. But, like, mm-hmm. just the fact that you have this really strong... Female character, she's a, she, I mean, she badass. She, she's the one telling all the dudes, "Look, I'm going back to my plan and I'm going to take it over." And they're like, mm-hmm. "What? You're crazy! Like that's not going <laughs> to yeah. work! Like what? Like <laughs> thing?" But like, she has a plan and she gets it done, and she's also freaking beautiful the whole time and wears these amazing costumes. Yeah, um, yeah. it's it's just it, she, uh, what a incredible, incredible character.
1: Hmm.
2: Ah. Uh. She does, she does, they all tell her that it can't be done, you know? And they all tell her that war is inevitable and, you know, and then she, she brokers peace. It's so, that's so good, you guys. That's so important. Yeah. (laughs) And then she makes Jar Jar
4: (sighs) Binks useful. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: Also that the, the final sequence at the end of this movie is another testament to just amazing storytelling. Mm Mm-hmm. Because for some reason, um, I guess it didn't really resonate with me the way it had in the past. But when I watched it a couple of weeks ago, that whole sequence, that whole celebration sequence, just, it meant so much to me. Yeah. And I I don't know why it meant so much to me this time compared to other times. I know why. But, but like, the fact that the Nabooians are are throwing confetti and cheering and playing music Mm -hmm. for these people that they had been sharing the planet with yet been pretty much rivals with for generations. Mm -hmm. They are throwing a parade for these guys. Yeah. Because together, they helped save their planet. Yeah. And, And, like, having these key contributors to the story coming up and meeting these other contributors to the story at the top of a staircase... Paralleled a new hope to me for the first time in a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and having like all of them celebrating up there together, and and holding up the the orb that's like a a symbol of peace, Peace. like (laughs) they're they're (laughs) actually yelling out peace. (laughs) Like it just hit home that it Mm -hmm. wasn't just a peace from the conflict that they had just endured. It was a peace between their peoples that is finally being resolved for the first time in probably hundreds of years.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And I love like, there's just, I love so much to that.
3: I love an mm-hmm. attack of the clones where they go back to Naboo and you see like Gungans hanging out near the royal palace.
4: Yeah. And it's
3: like that that subtle like connection like hey like these two cultures which have been like at odds with each other for as you said like hundreds of years are, are together now because of what happens.
4: Mm-hmm. It's very true.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's just it, and it's so satisfying in in that last scene. To see how, you know, these disparate, you know, we talk about like, oh, who's the char- who's the main character in the Phantom Menace? You know, it, it's kind of hard because there's all these disparate factions. There's something going on with the Jedi over here. And then there's a conflict with Padme over there and Anakin, you know, it it all comes together at the end and they all share the same stage. And we can see how the rest of the saga is going to play out because, you know, this was... This was the story that brought the Jedi, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, Palpatine, you know, all of them are now together sharing the same stage. And it's all like, it's like, wow, the stage is, the stage is set and the saga can begin now because of this film. You know, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. Oh my gosh. It's great. Yep. Yep.
4: Well, I'm convinced. I need to go watch this movie mm-hmm, again.
2: Mm-hmm. I always want to watch The Phantom As Menace. As if you, you needed don't... any other excuse. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, can, I never not want to watch The Phantom Menace. We could have just watched it twice in a row and you can be all like, Katie, you want to watch The Phantom Menace? And I'm like, yeah, let's watch The Phantom Menace. Well,
4: I... So that's an idea that I've had. I think for future episodes we may need to do like an actual like a, like a watch party. Yes. Just
3: took the words right out of my mouth. A commentary is in order. <laughs>
4: Yep. I do I do believe so. For for Phantom Menace and just any other movies that we've got on tap coming up, I think uh <laughs> I th- I think there's plenty of movies out there. I mean I, I want to do a solo commentary, honestly. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. solo's very good. We, we've 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 done we've done like a solo pod recently, like within the last year, but a solo commentary sounds like it would be a lot Speaking of fun. Speaking
3: of so. solo, really quick, I, I'm I'm there's there's a lot of things in life that I regret missing. And just things that I wish I was there. Wish I was there. And the one up there on the list is sitting next to Katie when she was <laughs> watching the end of Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> that would have been absolutely priceless if I'd got yeah. managed to get it on YouTube and get it on camera and have a million views.
2: Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> I would be like, so you you remember that Chewbacca mom? That would be me. Except I'd be Darth Maul girl. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how everybody would know me
3: yeah one of my that one that of my mean. favorite one of my favorite podcasting <laughs> memories is podcasting with you knowing that <laughs> Darth Maul was gonna be in the movie I hadn't seen the movie yet and then you bring oh, it up and start thrilled, talking yeah. about it
2: oh yeah because oh my gosh because all of my Darth Maul friends on Tumblr were talking about like there's pikes in this movie and I'm like I know and they're all like they're like what's Darth Maul doing at this time? And I'm like, I don't know, but... And we were, like, talking about the possibility of, like, oh you know, or gosh. just, you know, even just... We weren't even, like, could he be in it? Because we thought that, you know, of course it was ridiculous. No, he's not going to be in it. But we were like, okay, but how does he tie into this? You know, like, we... Oh, my gosh. And just the fact, you know, just seeing a pike was enough to, like, get my, my like, my bells ringing in my head. All like, where where is Darth Maul at right now?
3: What's he doing? (laughs) That movie is amazing for the fact that it isn't just like this one-and-done cameo at the end. It seeded so much to that movie. Oh, it absolutely has. Crimson Dawn. Like, Mm -hmm. halfway through the movie, I'm sitting next to Dominic going like, oh, dude, like, they're they're setting this up. Like, you know, this is nothing that they just threw in at the end of the line. Like it's, it, it was there all along. It's oh crazy. my
2: gosh. And that whole, yeah, that whole movie kept teasing me when it was all like, you know, dropping stuff like Terrace Kassi, you know, and talking about like, like freaking Dryden's yacht, you know, was a Mandalorian ship. And I'm like, mm, you can't don't tease me movie. Don't tease me. Unless you're going to pay it off. And then they did. It was so good. It was so good. Oh my gosh.
3: Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, So you were saying about a solo commentary?
4: (laughs) I think I know who we need to have on that solo commentary. I'll put it that way. Yes. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) I wonder. This discussion could easily continue for another hour or two, but uh, we've already been broadcasting for about two hours. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) And there's there's plenty of other stuff to do uh, here on the show before we close it out. One of them is something that we're trying to bring back from 2015. Ben, do you remember the quotathon?
3: I do believe I do.
4: I don't remember so, what we did, but I remember it happened. So back in 2015, every movie we discussed, 1 through 6, we decided to try and start at the beginning of the movie, very beginning, and quote as much of it as we could from memory until one of us flubbed up. <laughs> <laughs> And I think episode one was like the best one that I ever did out of all six, just because I've got everything from that movie memorized up until about when um, Qui Gon meets Jar Jar. Like oh, from the okay. be- like from the beginning of the movie up until that sequence, I'm pretty sure I can quote everything word for word. Wow. Not even, not even kidding. It's very impressive. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there because there are a few movies that I actually can quote word for word. The Lion King and Emperor's New Groove are two of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on the Phantom Menace. I'm trying, but, uh, for sake of inflections, we're actually going to go off of a script tonight and I've attached it to you guys in a private chat on Facebook. Oh, perfect. Uh, so that you have access to it. Um, I I scrolled down quite a ways to make it all the way down to the dinner sequence that we have between Shmi and Anakin, Padme, Jar Jar, and Qui-Gon. Now, obviously, there's more of them than there are of us. So, essentially, what I was thinking we could do was just rotate characters regardless of who they are, just to mix it up and be fun. So, like, we could say... I started off as Shmi, and then Katie, you were Anakin. (laughs) Ben, you would then take Shmi's next line, even though I was just previously Shmi a second ago.
2: (laughs) I'm not sure if this script is accurate.
3: Usually, the scripts
4: aren't.
1: Yeah,
3: in my sorry, I have
2: I have I have the scene. Like uh, playing on my on my computer right now, and then I'm looking at the script that Zach gave me, and I'm like, "This is incorrect."
4: It's not a hundred percent, but it's it's enough to help we'll us get refresh. There. We'll our, get there. It, yeah. It's it's enough to refresh our memory. Okay. Because because you're right. Like yeah. uh, after after the awkward silence, and Anakin's line comes up, and it says, "Have you ever seen a podrace?" It's supposed to be, "Has anyone ever seen a podrace?" Has
2: anyone ever seen a podrace? <laughs>
4: So I mean, there's 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 a, there's a little bit of a discrepancy here, okay. but it should be enough to at least to at least carry us because the, the, yeah, the let's point do it. The, yeah. the point is more about trying to do your best impression of these characters. Okay,
2: I love it. I'm so, ready. I'm here for it. Okay, so Zach, so you're gonna start.
4: I'll I'll lead off as Shmi, and then Katie, okay. you'll have Anakin's line. Ben, you have Shmi's next line, and I'm to be honest, I'm not able to get into the script for some reason.
3: Hmm. Uh oh. Okay, mm-hmm. then try to do it from memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm thinking i might just yeah I might try just, try i might just try i might just try it hold on a second i'm gonna do one more thing and then i'm gonna i'm gonna give up and i'm just gonna go for memory and i feel like i can do it i feel like
4: i can you feel it. like you feel like you've got this this particular scene down enough or you can do you do you want to have particular characters then do you want to have no, like this I, one I character that probably, you focus
3: on i can probably just go off of what you guys say
2: yeah, I th- I like this plan. Ben okay. going in a little blind. I like it. Okay.
4: Yeah. Ben's Ben's flying solo then. <laughs> look 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 being being as it
3: may that the Star Wars Underworld did all the quotes in the Phantom Menace already in and mm-hmm. clones. Meaning I did all that. All
4: right. <laughs> I did every single one of the Yeah, those you damn you thing. do all those screen caps, you do all those promo so images. I so I
3: have been over the actual dialogue of this movie Countless times, so I should be able to know how to do this. Well,
4: aren't we hoity-toity then?
2: <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it.
3: Okay.
4: So am I okay. going? How, is, where, am I, how is... am,
3: where am I? Where am I? Where am I going to insert myself into? How? Who? You're 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 are <laughs> 3rd you're,
4: you're, you're, <laughs> thir- you're third in the order. So I'll say a line. Katie's going to say a line, and then you've got the next line after that. Brilliant. Okay. So this is the dinner scene. In episode one, where they're all on Tatooine, having supper, talking about lots of things, actually. <laughs> Here we go. All slaves have transmitters placed inside their bodies somewhere.
2: I've been working on a scanner to try and locate mine.
4: Any
3: chance to any... any blah! That's of my first one. <laughs> Action! Any, any attempt to escape. And they blow you up. Poom! how wooed i can't believe there's still slavery in the galaxy the republic's anti-slavery laws the republic doesn't exist out here we must survive on our own
2: uh that's me like snapping with my tongue (laughs) (laughs) excuse me me. (laughs) i can't remember the next line has anybody ever seen a pod race
3: they have pod racing on Mantlestar. Very fast. Very dangerous.
4: I'm the only human who can do it.
2: You must have Jedi reflexes then. If you race pods.
4: <laughs> don't
3: don't do, do, that do that again. That again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who's up? I don't
4: know. I guess it's I guess it's me. (laughs) You're a Jedi Knight, aren't you?
2: What makes you say that?
3: I saw your laser sword. Only Jedis carry that kind of weapon.
4: Perhaps I killed a Jedi and took it from him.
2: I don't think so. No one can kill a Jedi.
4: (laughs) I can see there's
3: no fooling you, Anakin. Uh Uh-uh.
2: No, no,
4: (laughs) eh. Oh, did I screw that up? Never mind.
2: Yeah, he gets really sad and he says, I wish that were so... Damn
4: it. (laughs) I had a dream I was a Jedi. I came back here and I freed all the slaves. Have you come to free us?
2: No, I'm afraid not. I think you have. Why else would you be here?
3: Ben? Uh Ben? I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking. I'm thinking. Is is this the Yeah, I know? can see I, that she's fooling you, Anakin. <laughs> we're on our way to Coruscant on a on a very important mission.
4: I guess that's it, right? How would you how would you end up here in the Outer Rim?
2: Our ship was damaged and we're stranded here until we can repair it. Damn, I hard. can help. <laughs> I can fix anything. <laughs> I believe you can, <laughs> but first we must acquire the parts we need. We, we know my- <laughs>
4: nothing. Mula to <today>. trade.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> These junk dealers must have a weakness of some kind.
4: Gambling. Gambling. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> there we go, Ben.
2: Everything uh, here revolves around betting on those awful races.
4: I lost it again. Just go on with no, it. That's alright. <laughs> pod racing. Greed can be a powerful ally.
2: I built a racer. It's the fastest ever. And there's a big race tomorrow on the boots of Eve. You can enter my pod.
4: Anakin. Walter won't let you.
2: Watto doesn't know I built it. You can make him think it was yours and get him to let me pilot it for you.
4: I don't want you to raise. It's awful. I die every time Walter makes you do it.
2: But Mom, I love it. The prize money would more than pay for the parts they need.
4: Anakin.
2: Your mother's right. Is there anyone friendly to the Republic who could help us? No. Mom, you said the biggest problem in this galaxy is that no one helps each other.
4: I'm sure Quagon doesn't want to put your son in danger. We'll find another way.
2: Oh gosh, what is the next part? Uh She says like he was meant to help you.
4: I don't remember. I think, I think, I think she says something like There is no other way. I may not like it, but
1: Oh
2: that's right. Yeah, I may not like it, but he was meant to help
4: you. <laughs> Oh, a valiant effort on all parts. Yeah,
2: I like when we get to like the Anakin stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, because he like gets all excited. Like I know that part, but ugh. yeah, he's he's yeah. like
4: super enthusiastic, and and Qui Gon's just kind of watching everything unfold a mm-hmm. little bit. <laughs> like, just let's see, let's see uh, how this goes. We
2: tried, we tried.
4: <laughs> I think perhaps the next time we do this, we need to have. A scene with like the same number of people that are on the show. Yeah,
2: exactly.
3: Possibly.
4: So that then each person has one particular character instead of having to rotate. You know what would have been a good one, mm-hmm. uh, a really a really good scene would have been with Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Jar Jar as they're going to the
2: planet oh, Core. Oh yeah. Uh. Oh, Maxie,
4: big a Go, fish. You don't
3: that's still one of my that's up there. That that cracks me up every <laughs> single time I watch the movie. Everything When he when he goes, Oh monster's back he just passes
4: out. I'm like, oh my god, this is hilarious. Well, you know why he passes out, right?
2: Oh yeah, because yeah, Qui Gon like puts a hand on his shoulder and tells him to relax. He like Jedi mind <laughs> tricks him into relaxing. I
1: you love never it.
4: It's so um, good, yeah. And then Obi Wan's like, it's, it's, uh, "You overdid it." It's almost like it's that. almost like the Star Wars version of the of the Vulcan neck pinch. Yeah, exactly. Boy,
3: that's that's a, that makes that scene a lot darker now.
4: Damn. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why Obi Wan turns to to Qui Gon and says, "You overdid it," because he pushed too hard and rather than relax him, he knocked him out.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh my God, I, that's a new perspective. Wow, <laughs> wow, you
3: blow my mind again. Damn.
0: Wow.
3: We're teaching Mr.
4: Star Wars something over here.
2: <laughs> I mean, he does hate Star Wars, so why would he pay attention? So
4: That's, no, that's, that's why I didn't
3: know the lines. I hate Star Wars. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Fake
3: oh, fan. That,
4: that was our quota a in place of quote of the night. You can expect something similar every time we do a Star Wars discussion, unless we end up doing a live commentary, in which case it's basically a giant quote of the night. Uh, so be sure to stay on the lookout for that. Let's double back really quick and give our planet scores for this movie. And if you're listening live in the chat, send us your rating out of 10 and we will add it to our uh, collection of scores that we've got here. Uh, We're trying to make a a, a database that's going to have all of the different scores from all the different movies we reviewed since we introduced planet score. So, uh, if you're listening on iTunes and Google Play and all that sort of stuff, we're going to send you a promo on our Facebook page, uh, the IPC Podcast, Intergalactic Peace Coalition, however you want to search for it. Uh, you can find it there on social media. But if you're listening live, go ahead and send it to us now here on channel 38.com Katie, you're our guest for the evening. Uh, I'm really curious, although I'm pretty sure I have an idea. <laughs> Out of ten, how do you rate The Phantom Menace?
2: 100
4: <laughs> out of 10.
2: <laughs> out of 10, yeah, 100. 100 out of 10.
4: Movie. Cue the Lego movie. Everything, Everything is, is awesome. awesome.
2: Everything is cool when you watch The Phantom Menace. It's just so dang cool. It's The Phantom Menace, you guys. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh my God. Round of applause! I love
2: it so much. Yeah, no, it's it's a perfect score. It's it's a ten out of ten. I would rank it higher if I could. I, not even Master Yoda has a planet score that high.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that paraphrase just
4: made my night. Oh, thank you so much for that. You're very welcome. I've worked so hard on trying to introduce the planet score, and it just hasn't <laughs> caught as much traction as I hoped it would. But, oh, my gosh, that's going to be like our new quote. <laughs> <laughs> Master Yoda doesn't have a planet score that high. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Ben, what do you give The Phantom Menace?
3: It's, it's hard. It's hard because I, 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 am, I am soaking up Katie's enthusiasm. <laughs> And being loving this movie even more. And I want to give it like a, you know, 1000 out of 10, Yes. Um,
4: oh, you just got to do better than Katie. She only gave it a one hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: she's a fake fan.
4: Um,
3: right. <laughs> I mean that. In, I've
2: never, um, I've never even seen the Phantom Menace. Yeah, like, Geez. See,
3: yeah, seriously. She, sl- she, you hear how she flubbed that one line earlier? Yeah. Oh she, right. That, that, yeah. that was that was the oh, proof. Yeah, that's and you, you
4: got every line perfectly, Ben.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll edit it in a way that it sounds. It sounds like I got it perfectly. Um, that, that's that's my. You can privilege. like
4: edit out our voices and like record your own voice yeah. over. Us, it'll basically just be all Ben doing the whole quotathon, and we're just gonna be sitting there going, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Give me ideas.
3: Okay, um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Yes, love it. I'm a, I give it. I'm taking one point away just for the minor flaws that I find with it. <laughs> Um, but I mostly don't give
4: a crap about them because I love this movie.
2: Exactly. Yes, high fives.
4: <laughs> oh, man. You know, here's here's the thing. Katie, if you had not been on this show, <laughs> I might have critiqued it more than I really need to. Mm-hmm. Because the bottom line is I enjoy watching this movie.
2: Precisely, Yeah.
4: I enjoy the Duel of the Fates. And now that I'm older, I enjoy the bureaucracy that goes on in the Senate Rotunda. Mm -hmm. I enjoy watching the character development. I enjoy watching the battle droids just falling one after another. I enjoy the water sequences of Otoganga. Mm -hmm. There are Mm -hmm. just so many beautiful things from a writing perspective, an action perspective, a music perspective... There are just so many elements about this movie that you can enjoy. Yes, there are some flaws. I'm going to be one of those people that's like, yes, there are things about it that aren't as great as they could have been. But that doesn't take away from the nostalgia. That doesn't take away from the enjoyment. And it doesn't take away from the fact that, like I said at the top of the show... This is the only Star Wars movie I can get my brother to watch with me. He He and I don't have a whole lot of similarities. We'll watch some Disney movies from time to time, but we don't really have similar interests in TV shows. We don't really have similar interests in movies. And so when I do get something that we have that common thread in, I embrace that and I eat it up, you know? And even if that means rewinding the sequence before the pod race starts, so that we hear five times in a row, (laughs) if that means I get to watch a Star Wars movie with my brother, so be it. And so for all those reasons, I don't even know if we did the out of 10 rating system for the movies the last time around. No. I don't know. I don't care. This is how I currently rate it. As of March the 1st, 2019, it's also a 9 out of 10 for me. Nice. Yes. I... I, Love I it. do really enjoy that movie. And we also got a nine from our friend George in the chat. George, you may be the only one that has a planet score tonight, which <laughs> is fine. Doesn't matter. We we appreciate your input and for listening as loyally as you do. For those of you who don't know George or haven't met him, he listens live pretty much every week, even when other people don't. Cool. And so we, we, we appreciate that dedication, George. Shout out to you. And, uh... Thank you for for supporting us as much as you have. If you are interested in supporting the IPC podcast, you can do so at patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. There are a lot of awesome people out there that contribute everything from $2 to $5 to help keep the show running, and uh, we greatly appreciate all those people. If you want to support us on social media, you can do that as well. Finding us on IPC podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, You can also find us personally as well we'll talk about those in just a second when we plug Katie's stuff as well (laughs) but also be sure to go listen to us on StarWarsUnderworld.com iTunes, Google Play and all the places you can find us give a subscription rate and review all that good stuff but the best place that you can find us is ipcpodcast.podbean.com pod as in podcast bean as in green bean Uh, you can find pretty much our entire library online there if you want so be sure to go check us out there uh, before we get to our uh, our final plugs and all that sort of stuff, we do have one final element that we need to talk to uh, you guys about. We got another rating in the chat from Matt Hardy, 7.5. Thank you, Matt. Nice. You just barely snuck it in. Because uh, <laughs> now it's time for that iconic segment that pretty much sticks around for every episode of IPC. We just can't get rid of it, nor would we want to. It's one that has stood the test of time for over 220 episodes, and it's time to bring it back again. So ladies and gentlemen, get out your hashtags and start putting it in the chat if you're listening live. Put it on social media if you're not. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and anything else that carries a hashtag, because it's time for Hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue.
0: Barbecue. Barbecue! Barbecue! barbecue b barbecue Barbecue it. Barbecue it. Barbecue it. Ba- ba- barbecue. barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce, ba- ba- barbecue. Bar-becue. barbecue barbecue, 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 watch.
4: Fun fact, that last little cheer that you hear at the end of the Barbecue Watch segment is the celebration of the pilots blowing up the droid control ship in The Phantom Menace. Yeah,
3: I remember that.
4: That's one of, one of the many cheers that we bring in throughout the course of that uh, Barbecue Watch celebratory segment. Uh, tonight's uh, barbecue discussion is pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Uh, we're going back to Nabu. We're actually going to the core of Nabu. Uh, we should have used this for our quote-a-thon. It would have tied into Barbecue Watch so dang well. <laughs> but oh well, we didn't think of it until too late. Gosh dang it! But apparently, this this is this is where that line that that's Tumblr famous and Twitter famous. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> at, at one point, uh, their their Soro sub gets caught up by what is known as a gooberfish. Gooberfish, <laughs> and it is a big fish it looks like a piece of it looks like a piece of cliff before it swims off and tries to catch up to them and then something something that looks like the Loch Ness monster ends up capturing it and eating it so I don't know how these mutations came to be considering pretty much everything else on Naboo is bipedal but whatever (laughs) um what do you guys think barbecue gooberfish would be like I don't really know how you catch those things. They're so dang big, and I'm really not sure how you prepare such a thing. I I like the whole logistics of this kind of baffles me. But I want to hear you guys' thoughts. How would you barbecue a gooberfish?
2: Oh, I have a couple thoughts about this. Honestly, I I mean I um you know the the Colo Clawfish from Solo is also in that same scene with the gooberfish. Yeah. So, it, you know, that's not exactly barbecue. I mean, I am from California and, we, you know, we love our sushi out here. So I would I would eat it raw, honestly. Um, but as far as like, you know, BBQ goes in the Phantom Menace, I'm surprised we're not talking about the uh, um, the gorgs. From uh, from Mas Espa, there's um, oh
1: there's that the gorg.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Gragra. So that vendor, the one who tells uh, Jar Jar that, hey, that's going to cost seven whoopie whoopie whoopie. Yeah, her name is Gra Gra, and they call her Gra Gra the Gorgmonger. And apparently, she—I looked at her Wikipedia Wikipedia page. Her apparently, apparently, she like becomes famous, and she actually gets to like you know buy her own ship and like and go and cook gorgs like across the galaxy. <laughs> she <laughs> is <know>?
3: intergalactic master <laughs> chef
2: exactly i love that that's amazing it's,
4: it sounds like it sounds like the space equivalent of of a of a taco truck or yeah something exactly like
2: exactly so you know you know as long as we're bringing back uh um uh Mar- marfa lump we should we should bring back gragra justice for gragra she should like roll up to ray you know with like her her gorg cart and sell ray a gorg That'd be amazing. I want. I mean, I we... want
3: her. Her starring in her own cooking show. Yes, on oh, Disney the grog Plus. Grog
2: cooking show. Yes, on Disney Plus. Come on, Disney, do the right thing. Uh, grog, Grog, cooking show. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and it's it's all Star Wars food. Like they're going to yes. be talking about deep fried Nuna leg and all that kind mm, yeah. of
1: thing. In the first yeah.
3: episode, she cooks Marfa Lump. No! No. No!
2: No! Marfa wow. loved, like, that's horrible. Wow,
4: that <laughs> just got really mortared really, really t- fast.
2: <laughs> Marfa Love, like, I don't know, he's just there, like, pouring beverages or something. Like, come on, we don't have to eat he's him. He's the waiter. Yeah, he's the waiter. No, to no eat I him. think
3: it should be a running joke the entire show. She never actually does it, but the entire time, the entire season, she's trying to cook him.
2: Yeah. But he yeah, keeps
3: escaping it. and he comes back in and he's like serving stuff Oh there you are
2: <laughs> She chases him off with a cleaver. Oh and Whoopi
3: yeah. you
4: wanna wanga sound... <laughs> Honestly that sounds like something the Swedish chef would do too. <laughs> so oh, what about we gotta we gotta got we gotta got get the Swedish chef in there <laughs> What
0: about uh
2: what about you, Zach? How would how would you cook a, a goober fish?
4: Ah. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking it needs to be like an extreme sport. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking this is something that comes with like like one of those daredevil challenges that you would see. Like you don't capture the whole gooberfish. <laughs> you have to be able to sneak up on it and cut a flank off of Ooh, it. All right. Okay. I mean, it's it huge. The, yeah, if that if that's like cutting something from the middle, or if that's cutting off a leg and swimming away, but part of the barbecuing process is capturing a piece of the meat to barbecue and getting away with it, and like living to tell the tale.
2: Fascinating. I like the places your mind goes, Zach. Fascinating.
4: <laughs> it it needs to be like an extreme sport with like a prize. So it's like you have a, you have a prize for the most. Uh, unique way to get a flank of gooberfish. <laughs> you need a you need a prize for the uh, largest amount you're able to cut off and bring back to the competition. Okay. And you need you need a you need a prize for timeliness, and then you also need a prize for like preparation. So it's like this this multifaceted, multi tiered point system, hmm. and it all ties into this extreme sport of going into this big lake that has a couple of gooberfish in it. Maybe several. Maybe a maybe a whole family. <laughs> I don't know. But you have to you have to find a way to get into the lake, capture a flank of gooberfish and bring it back to land and prepare it. Well all right. I, I would I would turn it into like a giant competition almost. Yeah. Like the Hunger Games or something, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, the hungry games. <laughs> yes. Yes. A lot like that, but underwater. I don't know. There's a lot of storytelling opportunities here. I yeah. feel like. Oh, dude. I could, I could so write a fanfic about the gooberfish fish games. Yeah, I do it. Yeah.
2: The <laughs> gooberfish fish. Oh my
1: gosh. I
0: love the it. The goober games.
2: It. Yeah. The goober. The,
4: the goober games.
2: Terrific. Yes.
4: Yes. That is. <laughs> That's how I would do it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So final thoughts before we get to our, our last, uh, social media plugs for the night. If you were talking to somebody who had never seen The Phantom Menace before, mm-hmm. what kind of argument would you present to convince them to watch it?
2: Uh, uh, Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, like, pull up a gif of Darth Maul doing backflips and be like, you want to watch this movie with me? And they'd be like, yeah, and then we'd watch it. It'd be great. <laughs> I
4: the people you talk to are easily convinced. Yeah, man. right.
2: Well, I mean, what more do you need? I mean, I'm pretty sure a good gif of like Darth Maul doing backflips could like, you know, end any argument, just bring world peace even. <laughs> Nothing else matters.
4: That's ambitious. <laughs> like you you go you go to a UN summit and yeah. your whole presentation is just Darth Maul doing consecutive backflips. Exactly. All of a sudden, you've won the Nobel Peace Prize.
3: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe we can all come together in our mutual love for Darth Maul.
2: Yes, yes, and they're all applauding.
3: (laughs) Fictional Star Wars character brings world peace.
4: (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Ben, what about you?
3: Well, um, first of all, I'm like where the hell have you been and what rock have you been under that you haven't seen the Phantom Menace?
4: Um, but, okay, but have, have either of you seen how I met your mother? No, no. Okay. Cause apparently there is, there is a character in how I met your mother. She's an adult. She's like in her thirties and she's never seen star Wars. Oh. Any of them. Hmm. She gets introduced to a new hope and wasn't crazy about that one either. Hmm. So, there are some there are some pretty crazy people out there. It's it's kind of weird. It was like it it was, it was kind of funny because she was like a romantic interest for one of the main characters and I'm sitting here going, "Yeah, it's not going to last."
2: <laughs> if you haven't seen Star Wars, this is like just move along. Well, move along.
3: Know, jumping <laughs> off of that, I feel like for in let's be honest here, the original trilogy are... every Star Wars film is a product of its time and -hmm. they're all different in the way and the older films are they they in some places look kind of old and they are old and they're slower paced and they're just they're they're play like movies that were made in the 70s and 80s whereas Mm -hmm. the prequels play like movies from the 90s and early 2000s um and it's much more in line with what people are used to these days and the special effects like that i think a lot of that stuff can be kind of off-putting sometimes um, because we're we're in the nostalgic bubble of we've grown up with this stuff. And New Hope is amazing. Empire Strikes Back is amazing, but to anyone that hasn't grown up with that, it can be like, Oh, look at this old movie or whatever. <laughs> I think some I think a good entry point for someone who maybe never seen Star Wars would be the Phantom Menace. I oh, think yeah, I think someone would connect better with the Phantom Menace than they would a New Hope. Certain people. Um, not everyone, you, and you, it all depends on you know what they know about Star Wars, what kind of fan are they? How old are they? Like if they're if they're a little kid, by all means, get them the Phantom Menace. They're gonna love it. The kids love this movie. They it's, there's a kid that's a main character in this movie. They connect with that. Like yeah, that's exactly. a whole thing. Um, they're gonna love Jar Jar. Do, who cares what the adults think about Jar Jar? Kids freaking love Jar Jar. They still do. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. in the universe. Even in the Star Wars universe, kids love Jar Jar. Like that's how how meta that is. So, <laughs> like, and for anyone that's just I don't know if you've seen Star Wars and you haven't seen the Phantom Menace, I'm like, it's a Star Wars movie. There's only you know what eleven of them now or soon to be. Like you know you gotta watch it. And and I I I I don't agree at all with the whole Machete Order thing and and the whole idea that the Phantom Menace is somehow pointless or doesn't add anything to the story. It absolutely does. It's mm-hmm. a, an essential part of Anakin's mm-hmm. journey. It's an essential part of Star Wars. If you if you if you're leaving Phantom Menace out of your viewing of the Star Wars saga, think of how many things you're missing. You're missing Qui-Gon. You're missing Shmi. You're missing the setup of mm-hmm. Anakin's relationship with his mother and how that sends him down a dark path when he loses her. Um you're witnessing you know, the whole point of Anakin's journey is the fact that he's a good person. He starts out it is as this good-natured kid. And it's the whole story of how someone who is good and righteous and has all the best intentions can go so horribly wrong in the next couple movies. It's Phantom Menace is essential. Don't even listen to people that say machete order is the way to go, because it isn't. It isn't an order. You're chopping a part of the story <laughs> off. Um, yeah. So... I don't abide by that. I say, check out Phantom Menace if you somehow you've lived this long and haven't seen it, which I'm sure, actually, there's probably quite a few people out there. There's some people that probably have only seen the newer films. There's probably people out there that have only seen Force Awakens and Last Jedi and haven't even seen the original trilogy. Like, that's how crazy
4: it is right now. But, you know, you gotta, gotta watch them all, man. So how would I convince somebody to watch the Phantom Menace, you may ask? Uh, well, I would say watch it, or I'm going to sit on your face. <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Yep, that's a good argument.
4: <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I would actually use brute force like that, but I, I would, I would be very forceful. No, no pun intended. I, I would, I would do everything I could to emphasize the bright points of the movie without, you know, overselling it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would talk about the choreography. I talk about the, the characters. I talk about the story. Uh, I, I would talk about how uh, how meaningful it is to the the story of Anakin slash Darth Vader and who he becomes and just try and see if there's any way to, you know, appeal to their sense of decency. Like, for the love of God, watch the movie already. Um, but I, I don't know if I have, like, a, an argument argument. I would just say it's a really good movie. It's not just a good Star Wars movie. It's just a good movie. You need to watch it.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I can just picture someone, Zach's, you know, in his house. He's talking about, oh, you're going to love this movie, man. It's great. And the person is sitting in a chair tied to it. Yeah. With with (laughs) things on their eyes, keeping their eyelids open. And they're like, please don't hurt me.
4: Just watch the damn movie. (laughs) Don't put it past me, dude. I'm telling you. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Well, we are past a certain someone's bedtime, so we probably (laughs) do need to start wrapping things up. But before we say our goodbyes, just another thank you, thank you, a thousand thank yous to Katie for joining us on this episode. You made it so lively and so fun, (laughs) and we always appreciate having you on. Thank you for saying yes to coming back for such an awesome discussion.
2: Oh, absolutely, you guys, no problem.
4: Where can where can the peoples find you on the internets if they want to to read more from you or hear more from you?
2: Uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, at po Hot Dameron. If you like my voice, you can also hear me every week at, on the Wampa's Lair podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Wampa's Lair. It's
4: a really good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great show. Ben, where can the folks find you on the internets?
3: They can find me if they dare... At Ben Hart with no E, exactly as it sounds. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I don't really post much on Instagram. I I usually post about every six months. I haven't been anywhere or done anything, so I haven't really posted any pictures. Celebration's coming up, so I will be posting that. And next month, guys, next month. Celebration's next month. month. Holy crap. It's coming. It's coming. And then, like, what, nine, ten months until episode nine? Like, my God, it's flying flying yeah. i seem like we just got through christmas now it's just like the year is like just going um, it's already march dude i i know it is crazy and of course check me out on check us out on starwarsunderworld.com latest star wars news each and every episode of IBC and you've got other podcasts like Kazuda Cast, which is for Star Wars Resistance you've got um a Cast, which is the thing which Katie often appears on it's our uh the SW's patron show and uh we also do the Star Wars Underworld podcast which is as you can imagine we, we talk a bit about Star Wars sometimes um and it's each <laughs> and every week so. even though
4: you hate Star Wars I know it's
3: concept. weird it, they allow they still allow me on that show even though I trash Star Wars all the time but yeah
4: that's crazy that's just crazy well, if you want to find me on the internet, you can. I don't post a whole lot though because I'm pretty much running around like a chicken with his head chopped off the last uh, couple of months or so. It's been crazy. Oh, I, uh, I you, last last weekend, I was I was working athletics at uh, at my school. We had uh, a crossover between winter sports and spring sports, and so we had a baseball tournament, a softball tournament. Uh, and two basketball games happening and then there was a, a baseball game on a, on a Wednesday and there was a high school basketball game on a Friday in total I ended up working eight athletic events over the course of five days Wow! and I just about died from that so <laughs> yeah. uh, it, was, it was crazy but it's always a lot of fun so if you want to keep up with my uh, my exploits you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zach ZAC underscore DFW I'm also co-hosting a Game of Thrones podcast called Call the Banners. It's on the Phantom Cantina network every Monday night. For the next couple of months, we're going to be talking about different important houses from the hit series Game of Thrones, leading up to an episode-by-episode discussion once the episodes drop in the month of April. So if you're a fan of Westeros and you want to hear some of my thoughts on that world, then uh, be sure to go find us there on the Phantom Cantina on Facebook. We'll post the promo images for it there. But we're live every Monday night and would love for you guys to join us if you're interested. I, I love so, uh, Game of Thrones. That's an awesome show. <laughs> I, I know. Who who's who's your favorite
3: character? Um uh, that Amelia Clark. Kira. Just, Kira. Just Kira, Kira, that's yeah. your name, Kira. <laughs> to to which house do you pledge? Um uh, the Dragon House. <laughs> wait, wait. The house of Dragon.
2: the dragons. Hey Ben. What does Jon Snow know?
3: Nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, I've seen the memes, all right. I'm not totally ignorant.
4: <laughs> oh, so much fun to be had. And we'll have a whole lot more fun on next week's episode of the IPC Podcast. We've got a top five coming up next week. It's always a really popular one, a really fun one. So be sure to tune in next week for that. And tune in Monday for Call the Banners. But until then, I think we need to call it a night. Episode 227 is now officially in the books. For Katie Horn and Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you'll tune in next week. But until that time that comes around, we just want to leave you with this closing thought Crowns are inherited, kingdoms are earned. And we've hoped we've earned the right to see you next time on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone.